to What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is Kill Bill, Volume 1. Bum, 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 Pop in your DVD or blurry and press play and press pause when the mirror map logo fades to... Oh dear. It's... The music was done by RZA, so it's okay. Pop in your DVD or blurry press play, press pause when the mirror map logo fades to black. The first thing you perceive of all black, press pause. In a second, I'll say three, two, one, I'll pause. I'll press play, you'll press play, watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary, except, of course, with four friends in your head. Those four friends this week, myself as always, T. Christie, my friend Brian William Fenifter. Greetings. Michael Dorkman Scott. Hey. Trey Amazing Stokes. And I'm going <laughs> to skip out in a little while, and Chris Hannell will take my spot, because he can talk about this movie more intelligently than I can, but we'll get there in a second. I like movies! Thusly, I will be troping. TVTropes.org, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be doing that tropes. Anyway, Kill Bill. Oh. Um, That'll be fun on a Tarantino thing. You, we should just <laughs> yeah. have a separate Tarantino uh, co- no. troping track for no, a Tarantino No tropes movie. in a Tarantino film. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is, I think this was the first Tarantino movie I ever saw. Uh, I recall yeah. the Ooh. trailers coming out and thinking, this looks really cool. This is a good start. Who the hell is Tarantino? Yep. And uh, it would have been, you know, 03 when I was seeing those trailers and saw the movie. And I, I, it was around the time I was starting to get into movies. But I wasn't, that was when I was still like the, the fake intellectual, like the fake buff. Where it's like, you know, the, the works of Kevin Smith are an excellent gateway into modern indie classics. Like, uh, like right. I, I saw it and I thought it was really great and a lot of fun. And I also had no experience with kung fu movies. Uh, I still don't, really. This is basically it. I, I, I don't carry any sort of a torch for t- kung fu films or old Japanese movies or Chinese movies or any of those things. I just never got into them. It wasn't part of my experience growing up. It's not part of my mental vernacular. It's not something that I see the world through. Uh, so when it happens, it's always interesting, but sometimes boring to me. Uh, and this movie never really bores me. I, I think if you take enough of one thing and mix it with enough of another thing, the result is a weird compromise that has its own flavor. And this, A, Tarantino... Sometimes sort of, the flavor doesn't work. Right. <laughs> uh, but this one, uh, of the two of them, I actually prefer Volume 2 more. Uh, but this is, this is a badass, really fun movie uh, that I don't have much to say about, and thusly I'll be replaced by Chris after we go around here. Anyway, Brian? Uh, yeah, this is... I was... Introduced to Tarantino before this, but this is definitely Tarantino at his most Tarantino-y. Uh, <laughs> Tarantiniest. Tarantiniest. We're about to get Tarantino-owned. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's true, uh, we were t- as we were saying. No, we're not we going started. to. We're not going to no, get Tarantino. we're actually not going to do that. It is the, he's, he's known, obviously, for his, his pastiche and for his referencing and, and throwing things from every different possible genre together and kind of mixing mixing the pot and creating this weird new thing that you can see all the all the work he's done but it's still this new has this new energy to it uh this is definitely the the most uh the most of that uh, that i think he's he's ever done i i love it i like you i don't have a really a a penchant for the kung fu films or i think a lot of what uh tarantino draws upon for inspiration but there's something about the way he puts it together that it's just tarantino-y tarantino-y and like i'm completely on board with and it's it's funny you know as 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 I've gotten more and more in, I don't know, into film or or versed in film, I get less. I have less and less patience for things that are not real. Like I hate Spider-Man because it, it not, none of that comes off to me as real in any way, shape, or form. But Tarantino, there's so much of him. It's like it's just so over the top and it's so cartoony and, and it's, affected and affected, including in at one point in this movie turning into a literal cartoon. <laughs> But it works for me for some reason. Well, because you, you accept it. It's right up front. He's like, this is a cartoon. And you're like, oh, okay, it's a cartoon. Fine. The rules are different now. I don't know if, it, I don't know if it's that, that is it exactly. But it, there's something about it where it, it works for me, where a lot of t- other times it doesn't. Dorkman, 
How, where where was this in your pantheon of, of Tarantino movies and and I, kung I, fu movies and all those things that you like? Well, I would say that this is probably my like like you guys said. This is this is Tarantino at his most concentrated. I think um, <laughs> you were saying it, before, like you're uncut Tarantino. Yeah. Re- Reservoir Dogs Literally. is Tarantino. You smoke. Yeah. yeah. Pulp Fiction is Tarantino that you snort. Yeah. And Kill Bill is Tarantino that you inject. Yeah. Um, and then Death Proof is suppository. Is Tarantino, Tarantino that they embalm you with yeah. when you're dead? <laughs> and I. Uh, I, I mean, I did grow up with kung fu movies and stuff like that. So, I, and I'll punch you in the face. No, um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, and and this absolutely, you can tell it's the same stuff. I mean, we're you know the first thing we see is the Shaw Brothers logo, and and they were a big thing. We'll talk about that. But um, he absolutely just nails the flavor of it. But it but it's but it's a weird mix. Like the the movie has the same mix that Lucy Liu does. It's like yeah. it's Chinese and Japanese and American all at once, so, and somehow it all just kicks and it your literally ass and from one awesome. moment to another is English or Japanese yeah. or, or Chinese. But uh, but I mean I loved this movie when it came out. I mean I saw the trailers and I was like yeah I'll go see that I'll check it out and I loved it. I loved it so much that the weekend it came out I saw it. Three times that weekend. Wow. I went Friday, Saturday, yeah. and Sunday wow. to see it. Jesus. And I I don't think I've ever done that for any other movie. But part of it was also because of the audience reaction. The audience was so engaged yeah. with it. Yeah, you could hear them gasping and cheering and yelling and stuff like that. And I'm like, I have to see this with first-time audiences. Because that, that, to me, was part of the movie experience and why it was so great. It's like, this is engaging the audience so much. And if I if I wait till next weekend to see it again, that'll be second time viewers, and they're not going to right, be, it'll be as gone. That shot. feeling yeah. will be gone. So so I just saw it several times that weekend. You just feed to, off just the emotion the of humans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it's uh, I'm I'm not as uh, I'm not I'm not as huge on on um, part two because you know he he did a thing where this is an Eastern film and part two is literally a Western film. Mm-hmm. So uh, I preferred this one because i grew up with kung fu movies and stuff like that part two is still a perfectly good film but it doesn't it's it's more relaxed as a western film would be and it doesn't have like the manic crazy energy that this one does and, yeah. and that i love this one for so much trey uh actually i'm i'm mostly akin to you except uh, i i was not was not am not uh, familiar with the, the hong kong movies or the you know japanese movies um and and didn't see this in the theater wasn't inspired to see that. I just discovered it on video. But on video, I was like, holy cow. This is, wow, okay. Huh, that was a thing that just happened. And it's 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 similar to Pulp Fiction in a way, too, because it's, you know, and we, you, for me, when you look at Pulp Fiction as you're watching it, you go, this shouldn't work. Yeah. This really shouldn't be working at all. I don't know what the fuck is going yeah. on, but I love it. And yet I'm really, <laughs> really enjoying myself here. What? And, I have a boner. <laughs> yes. I don't. Get wait a what am I looking at? I don't understand what's going on. I recognize that there are all kinds of references here that are going right over my head, um, and yet it's just you know you can't fucking take your eyes off it. Um, I I I don't know if I like one or two better than one or the other. I'm much more familiar with two, um, but that's an accident of scheduling. It it was happened to be on cable when I was working from home, and it was just always on, and so I'd see it a lot. So I know I I know that. Two is better. I know two better. What do Kill Bill Volume Two and Shawshank have in common? Yes, exactly. It's like that. Um, TNT. But this one has all the crazy action scenes in it. You know, the more yeah. crazy action scenes, and and those are especially memorable. So uh, I haven't seen this one nearly as often or as recently. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see if it which one is is better. But but uh, yeah, they're just they're almost inexplicable. These movies that they work, <laughs> and uh, and uh, we'll just see if we can explain them. 
but I really enjoy them. And I gotta go because I have a kidney stone again. And no, I, you uh, don't. No, you don't. I, I, How I'm you feeling. By I'm, the way, I'm, I'm, I'm. It still actually hasn't passed two weeks later. Oh my oh gosh! Boy. But it's it's better than it was. Anyway, I'm gonna hand this over to Chris Hannell and then come back to do the unpause thing and then be gone mostly except for tropes. Bye. Bye. We'll hey everybody! You. It's the internet's Chris Hannell. <laughs> Yay! That was himself as always, except for now. Critique Christie. I, I just want to say right now that you guys are bastards for ripping off two of my lines. Oh, it happens. Oh, which lines were those? Well, it I'll is that, the drug comparison. Oh. That was that was totally mine. Anyway, oh, fine. <laughs> now I just want to tell a quick story before we get going with this. Oh, um, <laughs> pulp. If 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 we got in, uh, I am the right age where I was into films and much like uh, Fig, I was a fake film buff as everybody starts out as everyone you, you starts start out, out that way but but pulp fiction was the first movie oh, you're just like, man. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what you sound like all the time when you first get into it <laughs> yeah, well, you know, <laughs> pulp fiction was the first movie that i i went from being films are awesome to filmmaking is awesome because you actually start to think about what's going on here and it changes the way that you look and at someone it someone did this on purpose yeah <laughs> and so when kill bill volume one came out it was very much the first time i went to a movie to see what this specific guy was coming out with mm-hmm. i want to see what this guy is making now and uh, a buddy of mine paul zadie and i were in the front row of the theater uh opening night just like on the edge of our seats just waiting to just get hit by this truck of this movie and it did not disappoint like <laughs> immediately like I, I remember just turning like we see the opening tiles and we look like, oh this is gonna be awesome and i was not disappointed i'm i'm with um i'm with dorkman i like volume one a lot more than volume two i like volume two just you know as a great film but this one speaks to me a lot more in terms of what you know what it deals in and the the themes and genres and what I enjoy. So I'm very pumped for this film. So Cool. You're at the point where the Miramax logo has faded to black, as they are here. Put your finger on the button. Here we go. Three, two, one. Unpause. All right. So right out of the gate, we got Shaw Scope, which, <laughs> which it, this, this was before all of the Shaw Brothers films. And Shaw Brothers, they were a... Um, and the great new Bev, our feature yeah. presentation. Yeah, this is, this is what going to the movies for me... Yeah, looks oh, like yeah. it looks like that. That's the, that's what you would see which, that that logo. Uh, um, for when I was a kid too, I remember yeah. that that era. But the great and you don't see that anymore. But the great thing is if you go down to a theater like the New Beverly, which is a revival theater here in Los Angeles that Quentin Tarantino owns, they <laughs> they, they play they that, that every time. Uh, the Shaw Brothers. And right off the bat, we yeah. get a Star yes. Trek reference. That was yes. that was <laughs> like, yes. Paul and I look at each other, go, "Oh my god!" Yeah. <laughs> the the uh, their production company. It was them and Golden Harvest were basically the ones uh, in Hong Kong that put out all the kung fu movies of the seventies yeah. and eighties. Um, Golden Harvest was more the ones that that put out. Um, the ones that more people know about on on this end because they're the ones who had Jackie Chan and Jet okay. Li and and um, and uh, Samuel Hung. Go ahead. Uh, I, I just want to talk about the fact that this is the first time that we see them using black and white for color to hide the the gore level. The yeah. the one thing that the MPA came back with them a lot of times for Volume One was, you know, there's <laughs> this those, is buckets of gore. This yeah. is yeah. buckets and of blood. You kind of yeah. need to tone it down. And so what the, they would do is, and what they used to do in television for kung fu movies is they would just intentionally show it in black and white when right. they had the ability to show in color because it would lessen the effect of the blood. God, that's such a. This is such a great open you yeah, know because you're like is. what the fuck happened and then you see that just so perfectly you know his his embroidered handkerchief with his name on it you can just perfectly see it mm-hmm. even when it's in shadow it's really this is a really well lit 
um, open right here. And just the, and the introduction to like Bill, like, okay, what what is this guy's deal? The introduction yeah. to both of these characters. Like this, this one character in a wedding dress is laid on the floor, obviously shot or yeah. beaten yeah. to crap or what. And then the other character who you only see the hand and the the voice, you hear the voice and and see the the handkerchief, right? And just this this little monologue that he has. Yeah. Now is the Shaw brothers? Shaw is a Western name, obviously. Are the Shaw brothers? Were they? Western were they white? No, no, no. no? They were. They, was uh, that just a sh- name the, the, that they took on? That was probably. Uh, uh, I actually don't know. I should oh. look that up. But uh, yeah, that that they were from Hong Kong, I believe. So okay. I, 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 that was probably just a name because most of them. I mean, Gordon Liu here. His his name is not Gordon. Right. Um. That's it's just, just a, the kind a, of screen a, name the, they take yeah. on. So or not screen name. Uh, stage name. Stage name. Yeah. It's professional name. The screen name is like Dorkman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, I remember like there, that, for example. I remember there being some actual disc- Is this actually Quentin Tarantino's fourth directed film? Uh, it depends on if you count his segment of Four Rooms. and uh, it, it, it's a fourth that, that wouldn't be the four, four Rooms wouldn't be the fourth film. By it, it, I mean, yeah. Technically, so. it's his fourth feature. Yeah. Okay. This, it was Reservoir Dogs, Pulp, Pulp Fiction, Jackie, Jackie Brown, Brown, and okay. Kill Bill. Yeah. Got it. Um. I, yeah. Already, I miss the fact that we're not hearing the soundtrack. Yeah, it's one of the, the, main, the amazing soundtracks. The song is a great choice here, and and it's it doesn't oh. work when some people try to do it, but for Tarantino, for some reason, it's like he comes up with a song and he's like, "This is the song I want to use in the opening. I will c- construct the opening around it." Yeah. And it's yeah. like that worked. There's <laughs> yeah, a that certain, absolutely worked. There's a certain kind of earnestness with Tarantino that allows him to get away with stuff that yeah. we would laugh at. Like we were talking yesterday about Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp gets away with dressing up as Captain Jack Sparrow <laughs> at a Disney press conference because that's how much he loves playing Captain Jack Sparrow. Anyone else, we would accuse them of being a massive sellout. But we're like, no, you rock on, or, man. Or, or clinically insane. Yeah. Like he actually you know, came sh- dressed as a character. Or, or like you know, Robert Downey Jr. and Nathan Fillion. They just have this, this energy where like, if if a mortal human being like us were to behave <laughs> that way, we would go fuck you. Yeah. But, they're but like, R. D. J. and Nathan Villian, they could just pull that off. Yeah, you're like, I want to see you do that. You're you are you are, you know, giving the fans what they want at yeah. that point. But yeah. so but I, think, I think you're right. There, there. If Yen you Ping, the Matrix, the, and all that. The the, the the lot about Carantino is like he commits to like, no, I'm this is what I'm doing, and and you kind of go, that could. Everything that so much of what Tarantino does, so I'm, I'm impressed by, is like that could have really fallen on its ass. I mean, yeah. like you know, all, everything in Pulp Fiction, everything in this movie, you go, this could have ended. This could have seemed like a big pile of shit. <laughs> this could have yeah. like totally which, not worked. Which you can see in every Tarantino imitator that yeah. has ever come since. Yeah. You go, oh, yeah. you don't have you just yeah. you don't whatever, have that quality. Whatever the spice is that makes the Tarantino cake taste good, you don't, you don't have, have that. It. So it's it's he's, yeah. well, it's the cocaine. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well. yeah. It's the pounds and pounds cocaine. of cocaine. Does but, he always work with Sally Menke? He, he did. He did, yeah. yeah. Um, until, until he, he couldn't. But, uh, right. Uh, but yeah. And, but every and, film and, since Reservoir Dogs. And as he, as he has said, is uh, you know, I, I direct them, but Sally and I do the, you know, Sally was, he always gave her tremendous credit for, yeah. for putting the films together, which I think more than any other film, Pulp Fiction probably being a close second, you know the editing of this. This, this, both these movies could have been assembled literally in I know any where that order. House is. They could have been. <laughs> they could have been assembled in Actually, literally I think I do too. any order whatsoever. So I think the editing of this, you know, both these movies it brings a lot to it. You know, it's like the, literally, what what scene do we put first, and what happens? Yeah, it could yeah have been the way anything. you structure it, because he has a very novelistic uh, up to and including the fact that he 
separates them out into chapters and calls this chapter one and chapter two. I was going to say this it is, is a, this is constructed like he's written a novel, which he does very you know that's he part, does that that's part of his his style and he does it very consciously. He knows <laughs> that's what he's doing. He uh, want, he he's he is actually most he's actually a failed novelist in a sense, <laughs> which is funny because he wanted to be a novelist and then he got into writing. And oh really? So he structures his his movies like books sometimes, like novels, and very like the you know the procedure the old film noir pulp procedure. Right, the, exactly. Yeah, but it's but it's Where funny pulp because comes from usually yeah. it goes the other way someone wants to be a screenwriter they can't do it so they turn it into a crappy novel <laughs> he went the other way he's he's like i'm i like move i, I do movies better than you know yeah. i don't want to sit down and write a book i want to make a movie so he turns the novels into movies now, the, I, don't, I don't i can't imagine tarantino having the attention span to finish a, <laughs> i think that's the other problem he, he, was, he doesn't have the attention span to finish the screenplay for 10 years how could he ever finish a novel and now, and, and the screenplay by the way if you can read i'm sorry but if you can read this if you can get a hold of several versions of there are several versions out there of the screenplay Kill Bill screenplay, another great example of you read it and you're like, how is he getting away with this? <laughs> how is this allowed that he's able to do what he's doing? Because he does it all wrong. But he, but mm. it's like, it works. It's working. Go ahead. It's Jack. one It's one movie, right? It was one movie. Yes. The, the, that they the said, original, oh my God, this thing is five hours long. Yeah. What are we going to do? And so that's, that, that's for the, the whole original plan was one movie. They just shot so much stuff, yeah. so much material that they decided to uh, bring it in, uh, break it in two. And they actually um, they brought in uh, uh, an additional editor, Jody Augustine, mm. uh, Sally Mankey was uh, the wife of Dean Pariso, uh, director of Galaxy Quest. Right. And, and uh, Jody Augustine and Dean Pariso had worked together on some TV show. And Sally Mankey was like, "We need, I need help. Right. So they brought in uh, Jody Augustine. And um, he's edited, I don't know which scene specifically, but he's edited you know, several A couple um, bits, yeah. Yeah, b- bits in here somewhere. Uh, and since then, Jody Augustine has worked as an additional editor on every one of Tarantino's films. I wonder if I wonder if that's who's going to take over now that that's, now the, that's, that's the question. Sense. Yeah, but that we, we just we just talked past it the first action scene there, but that was a really good <laughs> really kung quite fu something. scene. And uh, and two things about it. One is one is when when clearly it's Uma, and you know Uma Uma's doing it. Uma's, and Vivica. Uh, yeah, and that's right. But you know, they they really. You know, they really worked at this. I yeah. mean, it's yeah. uh, if, if Eddie was here, this is where he talks about the Drew Barrymore syndrome. Yeah, they did like, not fall into that. Yeah, no, yeah. they, you know, they were they were selling it hard. Um, now, I believe that Zoe Bell did a lot of doubling when there was doubling. Wasn't isn't that true? Uh, yeah, the, the du- oh, oh, here the doubling of, from Death Proof. The the the, yeah, the girl from Death Proof. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. she, uh, well, I was going to say she obviously didn't death, double in Death Proof because well, the, that was her. They, yeah. But they put her in Death Proof because they didn't have to double her, and they yeah. could show her doing the thing she right. did. But so. uh, but she but was, she was a stunt woman who became an actress as a result of being a stunt woman. She her um her contribution was primarily uh, in the House of Blue Leaves, the Crazy Eighty Eight fight. Yeah, I think she I think she is in partly in this. I'm I've sure seen, she was. I'm seeing some making of where yeah. she's in some of this. You know, taking some of the the harder hits. Yeah, getting thrown onto the table or having. You know when the when the the glass shells fell on her, that was probably Zoe. Yeah. When, whenever I see an actor and actress talk about how hard they work to do a lot of their own stuff, and you know, I really wanted to get in the martial arts thing, I always picture the stunt man or stunt woman that doubles for them, just going, "Oh, you son of a fucking." And that was, I think, out of all the different people, I think the greatest case would be her in the Crazy Eighty Eight fight, because it's like you you see Uma do some of her own moves, and you're like, "There's no way you did that other thing." <laughs> right. But, yeah. But Quentin and Uma talked all the time about how hard she worked on her sword work. Uh, I, but I'm sure she did. I'm sure. Well, yeah, I'm she sure did. she did as much as she could. I, and yeah. then it was. Yeah. And then it was like, well, we could train you for three months to put you on the wire, or we can have Zoe do it right now because <laughs> yeah. she knows how to do right. it. Yeah. Well, that's one of the great Hollywood lies: is the actor saying, "Oh, I did all my own stunts." Yeah. And that's just it's a cliche of how much of a Hollywood no, lie. No one is. would let you. No one. No yeah. one. The insurance company yeah. does not let you do that. Yeah. Either that, or they were out of their minds, and right. they yeah. shouldn't have let you do that stunt. 
But uh, Tarantino, we, we just watched the, the making of before this, and Tarantino was um, talking in his usual straightforward, you know, <laughs> patting himself on the back uh, sense about um, how, how well he shot the action. But I have to say, I agree. I think uh, what, what he did here, you can, you can tell that he is a big fan of the Shaw Brothers movies and the Golden Harvest movies. Other than the fact that he's referencing them all the time, he knows how to shoot the action. Even right. though he hadn't done it before, he knows how to shoot the action. You watch the, the uh, martial arts action in this, and you can follow it. It, no matter how crazy it gets, you can follow it from, sh- uh, mm-hmm. you know, shot to shot across continuity. It's not um, – there was a uh, – if you can look it up online, there was a little video essay um, someone did on Vimeo called Chaos Cinema um, about how action filmmaking has just fallen apart because there's no continuity. Classical uh, cinema, you could follow continuity through action and, and you know, even when stuff was, was blowing up or whatever, you could see what was going the on. The action was clear. You could yeah. tell what was going on. I can tell you the movie where I first experienced that for the first time, the first Tomb Raider movie. Yep. With the, the super, super fast. Like, people complain about the Bourne mm-hmm. uh, series, the franchise, or how quick the editing gets in that. That had nothing on Tomb no. Raider. The action scenes <laughs> were just incoherent completely. Yeah. Whereas, exactly, it's like there's just it's just incoherence, and it's just yeah. it's just a sense of it. And he made an interesting point. He's like, the only reason you can actually tell what's going on is because of the audio. If you close your eyes and listen, you can tell it's a car chase. If you look at it, you can't tell <laughs> wow. what the fuck is going on. Uh, you know, the beginning of Quantum of Solace was like that yes, for me too. Yes. Wow. Quantum of Solace was a, was an example that he gave. He's like yeah. he's like it's impossible to follow the action that's going on here. But if you listen to the audio and he blanks it out and just plays the audio, he's like, it's clear what's going on. Here. Yeah. Right. So this is why you can follow what's happening, but if you're just looking at it, you can't see what's going on. So he was saying it's it's ironic that as as um, the continuity and the the coherency of the visuals gets less and less, the audio has to step has up to, its game. I'd probably go with probably go with the scaffolding fight that. F- after the car chase, the scaffolding fight. It, the scaffolding fight is is one of those things yeah. where you can tell what happened is you've got a director. Uh, my feeling was you've got a director who doesn't know how to shoot action, so, so they bring somebody in. So I, they didn't even bring anyone oh, in. Really? I felt like because that person would have known how to do it, presumably. Because <laughs> um, what they <laughs> what it looked like they did was they set up like six cameras to oh. capture the action from different angles, and then he couldn't decide, so they just cut between all six cameras constantly, uh, right. and that's what and it made it incoherent. Like I barely followed followed it because I, you know, I understand how how action plays out, and the court, you know, the people who choreographed the action did a good job, mm-hmm. but they didn't shoot it right, and I was like, wow, that was almost totally incoherent. Yeah. There, it, there is one great action scene in Quantum of Solace, uh, the the hotel room fight at the end, with... in the in the middle where oh. he walks into the hotel room and he thinks it's abandoned and it's like some thug oh and there's, there's a guy yeah and there's a guy and they fight each other and they're just grabbing whatever comes to hand and smashing them <laughs> in each other's faces and stuff that is a great action scene but the rest of that movie is almost incoherent this is great, sorry by the way. Kill we, Bill well we have a moment here and we'll have another one at the end of, of volume 2 where they're, where they're setting up this great cinematic set piece right. they're going okay well, it's it's time for us to have our duel, so yeah. why don't we go do it at the baseball diamond at midnight, yeah. and, and that'll be <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah, and just subvert it. <laughs> and then they don't do it. And then they don't do it. And they do the same thing at the end of uh, volume two. It's it's funny because because in this scene, we were, we were um, talking about it while we were watching the behind the scenes. It's like, there are some real mouthful lines here. It's like, yeah. it's almost like, you know... Tarantino is known for his dialogue. You know he doesn't have a tenure for dialogue. And yet these lines are so, like, overwritten and over-the-top, novelistic in a novelistic, sense. But it has to be on purpose. Of course it's on purpose. Yeah. And what it, what it really is and what I realized it was for me, and, and especially looking at it now, it's like 
that's the way that people talk in like Japanese movies in the subtitles. Mm-hmm. This is how the subtitles read. <laughs> yeah. So it, so it's probably more poetic in the original language, <laughs> but you you read it in the subtitles and it's it's this really lengthy overwritten kind of melodramatic thing. So I'm like he just had them actually speak that way in English. <laughs> I think that's great. Now why is, is it, why is there an outlet all the way up there for the clock? Yeah. Oh. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this got a this got a big reaction every time. This uh, this the reveal girl. coming up, the little yeah. girl. Yeah, it's gonna go. Yeah. And so now they are talking about doing a uh, Kill Bill Volume Three, and so the the speculation is that it's going to be uh, her yeah, grown he, up. This girl co- grown up coming back for just her watch. Revenge. It's going to be Willow Smith. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Said, oh my god. Of course, he said. Uh, I mean, he said when this came out, he's like, I can see going back and having her come back for her revenge. Yeah. You know, in ten years or <laughs> yeah. whatever. So that's coming up. I'm gonna whip your hair back and forth, bitch. <laughs> yeah. The, the other thing about this is again. What the fuck is going on? I mean, that's what's so great about the daringness of this At movie. At this point, yeah. Yeah, you're like, what? I mean, it's like, it's only giving you just like a little bit of a tease about, okay, so we know that for some reason she was in a wedding dress four years ago and she got her brains blown out and this chick was involved. What? And, yeah. and uh, you know, it's, I think it's, again, it's very brave of the movie to like say, just chill we'll, we'll get there you know <laughs> talk about Audience, a hook, be though. cool yeah be cool exactly. you still be cool feel raw there. about it yeah see this is the kind of movie that brian hates because it starts with an action sequence in the middle of the story <laughs> so uh i'm gonna go over to brian no. now to tell us why this this sucks and filmmakers shouldn't do it, <laughs> it i know this is not what i despise what i despise <laughs> is when they show the climax of the film uh, at the beginning as a hook because they haven't bothered to create any other hook oh, so exists. usual usual suspects you hate also terrible movie that no because it's, <laughs> when the non-linear non-linearness of the movie is part of the structure like it is here like it is in usual suspects like it is in many many movies that's fine when it when it's done as an isolated just as a one isolated thing and i and the reference i pulled in the, in the forums that i'll cite here is about half a dozen episodes from battlestar galactica in like season three or something where they just you could just tell that they got into the edit bay and they went my god the beginning of this is boring as shit all right, we'll just do a... Yeah, the, welcome, grab the explosion from the end. And but welcome it. to television, where, you know, you got two seconds to get people to not change the channel. So that's, you know, that's, that's, that's fine, how the game is played. But you should, you should be thinking about that beforehand. And it's, it's hey, I've, I've worked on many projects and been involved in many projects where I made a mistake and go, oh, shit, I, I got to fix this somehow, some way. And if you got to do that, that's a perfectly valid way of doing it. But try not to. That's all I'm asking. Does that mean you hate That's Cowboy Bebop? Do you hate Cowboy Bebop too? I've never seen Cowboy Bebop. Oh, you should. You'd hate it. I've never seen it, but I hate it. Yeah, you totally hate it. So yeah, so here we go and now we're like, okay, now. But the non okay. but okay, but the the point is the non-linearity of if that's a word, the non-linearness sure. of this is very clearly part of the inherent structure of the movie. Right. So it's, it's not a cheat. It's not it's like I hate, what I hate is when it's a cheat. It's not like it's otherwise a linear story, but they just put the end at the beginning to exactly. have some kind of hook, yeah. I love that shot. Yeah. I don't understand it, but I love it. <laughs> that, that's a direct reference to something or other. He's got lots of sunglasses. That's what I One get One for every that. occasion. It's almost like he has a set of sunglasses for each half hour of the sunset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, oh, it's getting a little blue. Well, the out. set on the left is after Labor Day. <laughs> now, this is uh, – the this actor, is it, he's like the sheriff in every – Michael Parks? Yeah. yeah, Michael Parks. He's like the sheriff in every Tarantino movie ever made or something like that. He's like the, he's, he's, he's a trope, basically. Yeah, yeah, basically. He's he, a Tarantino trope. He, he plays this same role in uh, – well, well, yeah, he, he became it because he plays the same role in Death Proof. Yeah. He showed up again in Death Proof, and he originally uh, played essentially this role in From Dust Till Dawn. Right. Um, that's, so where, when, that's where it's from. Yeah, so when he had this bit, he was like, I'm going to get Michael Parks. Yeah. <laughs> 
and he's good. He's a oh, he's know, so good. He's again. He's a he's a reference because he was a you know a seventies uh, actor. Did some you know good uh, indie you know well known people like Tarantino would know the movies that he's in. I know. I just know that he was in movies like that, whatever they were. <laughs> um, you know, didn't we didn't cover those in film school? But uh, I, he's really good. I think you know he he has an amazing quality where. You know, he's only in this. He just shows up and he just he's he's yeah, basically just Sheriff Exposition who right. rolls up and uh, gives you know gives us what what we, what we need to know. Well, well, the the thing is, what he's he's really great at this. And you watch this and you're like, that's Michael Parks. That's the that's if if you just knew him from from him playing the sheriff in Tarantino movies, you'd be like, if I'm ever going to do a sheriff, I got to call Michael Parks. But then, as, as we'll talk about, he shows up in Kill Bill Two. Playing a completely different character. That's, that's true, yeah. And you're like, holy shit, that's, this guy is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is true. When he turns, when he shows up as the other guy, and he becomes and you're like, Esteban. You're that's like, the same guy. Yeah. yeah, he's really quite something. Well, of course, and Sonny Chiba plays two roles. As no, well. Gordon Liu. Gordon Liu. Sonny Chiba. Yeah. Gordon Liu is two roles. Yes. Gordon Liu is Paimei, and Sonny Chiba is Hattori Hanzo. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And Gordon Liu is also the uh, the the guy in the Kato mask, the, leader, the leader of the crazy idiot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because when you you know you. You had this many sword fight scenes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's not that many good guys. We'll use yeah. him twice. Uh, he can be both. Bring those him guys. on back. <laughs> so, uh, there's a little touch. <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> because fuck you. That's why <laughs> we're referring to the green. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a point of view of the sheriff looking at her, and it's, and it's like green it because green? of the sunglasses. And then you see it, and then he off. takes it. Ah, just to make it shocking. So you still you still don't know what the hell's going on, no. which is again you know it's like wait she's she's dead, but I, wait you, you know? really don't understand what's going on until I think the the anime sequence I think towards the end of the anime sequence and you and you don't even completely understand what's going on it's it's interesting because no one really talks about it this way but to an extent Kill Bill is almost a mystery because you yeah. don't completely understand what happened until the end of volume two where bill sits down and goes all right look here's what went down well you 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 understand the spine of it you understand that she you don't understand bill's motivation but you're right right. you understand that or necessarily the you don't understand the the exact circumstances but at what point in this movie does she pull out the list i mean i think it's after this sequence she already has pulled out the list we've seen she's already already killed oren oren's already been crossed off i believe yes yes in in, in the timeline but not in what we've seen so far we, well, right. we just saw her cross that off the list. Yeah. She, okay. leaves, she leaves Renita Green's house. She, yeah. she, she crosses okay, off Renita's name and Oren is and already, already crossed out. Yeah. Oren crossed out. Now, here's, uh, here's uh, Daryl. We'll get to Daryl in a sec. <laughs> what bizarre. She's literally wearing a cartoon outfit. Look yep. at that. She's wearing, <laughs> it's but, drawn on all yeah. the pockets in the belt. But, uh, and, she's, and the song's a little tune she's whistling. Is that also a reference to something? Or is yes. it? Uh, it's, I don't know where I don't, it's from. I don't know where the where this song is from. I'd have to look it up. But, uh, but this, this whole sequence is a Brian De Palma homage it's it does it does definitely have that kind of vibe to it it's it's from whatever it's i want to hop in real quick just to make a a point i uh, i've never found daryl hannah attractive in splash or in anything i've just never she's just never worked for me and i thought she was yeah beautiful in this movie and it wasn't until i saw her in an interview after seeing the movie that i realized why She's wearing an eye patch, so she doesn't look cross-eyed all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's also missing a, a part of a finger. Um, uh, the song she whistles is the theme song from the movie Twisted Nerve. Wow, there you go. How about that? So uh, what I was going to say... thing to whistle of all time, by yeah, the way. Really. What, I'm gonna say, what I was going to say is um, this, uh, this is... There's two ways to save the cat in terms of the tr- that trope uh, or that uh, screenwriting hook, which is, you know, save the cat, just for those who joined us just now. Um, is how you joined him in the middle of that sentence. Exactly. It's how you... It's how you uh, 
<laughs> yes, is how you is how you establish sympathy for your main character. Um, Uma hasn't had time to save the cat, other than like, well, she didn't murder a child. Is right. about the closest. The other way you can do it is just put them in such a fucked up situation that you can't help but feel bad for them. Um, well, for, she- for example, the, the Teague law of sympathy, we call that. Exactly. For example, Robocop, where it's mm. like, you don't get a chance to really get to know Peter Weller, so let's just torture him to death. Yeah. yeah. And go, okay, I guess like, I feel bad for that guy. I don't, I doubt anyone really deserved that, so <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give it to him. So, so that's basically what's happening here with the bride. You're basically seeing the bride fairly unsympathetic when she's up and on her feet. Right. But you see kind of, well, she clearly went through some bad shit, yeah. and that's how they established the Well, we do see, I mean, we start. With the very opening, our very first shot of her, we see her in a wedding dress right. with a shit That's, that's what I'm her, saying. So, but yeah. it's like we don't know who that is. You know, maybe yeah. she yeah. deserved it. You know, but like we're still kind of on her side. Yeah. I think the small yeah. save the cat bit not only uh, not only not killing the little girl, obviously, but the the fact that she, uh, you know, uh, Vernita was like, I don't want to be doing this in front of her. Mm-hmm. And so and she, she was okay. And with she it. was okay. She went with it. She hid the knife and everything. Yeah. She was like, "All right, I understand. We'll do that." So yeah, that's, exactly. a, that's it. Was a, a dem- small save the cat. A demonstration of a sense of honor. She's yeah, not a demonstration of, of a code of yeah. ethics, yeah. even in this very fucked up you world. Got to have a in. code. Yeah. <laughs> just real. I was. I was really, really impressed by um, by Daryl in this movie, and just because. It just so happens that she's the only actress, the only person in this movie that I've actually worked with. Uh, I worked with her in My Favorite Martian, and we really probably should do that movie at some <laughs> point because I do have some fun stories about how you know movies get made. If you want to know how the sausage really gets made, uh, I was very much involved in uh, you know, My Favorite Martian, and Daryl Hannah was in it, and I had. You know, I knew who Daryl Hannah was, and uh, you know, it's like I really had no expectations whatsoever. I thought she was probably going to be kind of a dumb blonde, and she's actually she's fun and funny, and she hangs out with the crew, and she's very nice, and and she's amazing at getting the job done. And because uh, she had to, she worked with our digital character, and she had to play these entire lengthy scenes with a character that wasn't there, um, and she was amazing at it. And uh, she's actually done quite a few science fiction-y, you know, effecty movies and has a great uh, thing. So I thought – I suddenly, you know, my, my opinion of her was like, wow, she actually has kind of been underused as much as she's been in every movie ever made, it seems like. But she's always kind of that, you know, what I thought she was, the, you know, the dingy blonde or the, you know, the love interest or whatever. And then she comes out in this movie. I'm like, that's what kind of stuff she could be doing. She's, you know, she's this amazingly horrifying, you know, assassin chick. And she's, I think she does a great job at it. And then, but she hasn't really done much since then either, has she? She's done a few things, but, uh, you know, maybe she peaked. (laughs) Well, she's, you know, she's an environmental activist. She's, you know, stays in trees so they don't cut them down and things like that. Oh. She's she's almost exactly my age, age too. your time a, a lot. Yeah, huh? yeah, it that, e- that eats into your time. Well, yeah, because it's a full time job. You yeah. can't you can't go do a thing because you got to be in a tree for six months. She can't pull the Hitchhiker's Guide thing of let's let's just say that I was still in this tree. <laughs> yeah, I have to go to a film shoot. Assume that I was in the tree, then you wouldn't cut it down. Yeah, and I, we still don't know what the hell's going on. No, and it's well, and I love it, but know. it just got especially weird because like the way she reacts to Bill. Yeah, when when he's talking to her, it's like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now it's getting weird. Now it's getting really weird. Now there's this daddy daughter thing yeah. going on that I'm not comfortable yeah. with. Well, because because yeah, and she her her personality towards him completely changes. Like she's totally back talking him and stuff, and she's like, "No, I'm sorry." But <laughs> yeah. Like halfway through, mm-hmm. it's like, "Whoa!" Yes, he was he was she was just about to kill her, but then Bill said, "No, yeah. okay." Four years later. Now we see Caesar wearing a... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's climbing the redwoods. Spring was in the air. 
Janice was in all this her is glory. A, it's it's really impressive considering how much this movie skips around. How how it's not too difficult to keep track of. You're like, wait, it was four years, and then yeah. the but four years ago wait, from the wedding later. or wait, from the yeah f- uh, from Vernita Green. Yeah, when did that happen? And what? Who? Uh, great freeze frame and zoom in. It's like yeah. it, that's that is exactly it. Like nobody should be able to get away with right. that shit. <laughs> but that's <laughs> yeah. pure. That's pure seventies. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And there's so. yeah, in volume two and this whole like close up of of the bullets and getting shot in the head. Yeah. And there's like snap zooms in in volume two that are just kind of very out of place, especially given the fact that it's more of a somber emotion. You know, a little more grounded of a film than this one. This is more cartoony than than volume two is. And, just and snap zooms were big with the Shaw brothers as well, so yeah. you get away. But with that, that also was a, a spaghetti western thing. The snap. Oh zoom. yeah. Okay. Well, then it fits in both. There is a trope called convenient coma, which <laughs> is a coma that lasts just long enough for the rest of the story to come into place. All right, go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then you wake up at exactly the right moment. Although to be fair, the reason the reason that her you know she woke up at exactly the right moment for the story is she's the one who made it makes the story happen once she wakes <laughs> exactly back up. right, right. yeah <laughs> she, she could have been you know it could have been another year or whatever yeah. it, it's, it's not like she has five minutes to save the president yeah now. right <laughs> it, the story is her going on this roaring rampage of a re- revenge yeah. which she's not going to do until she wakes up yeah they hang on this for a little bit yeah, yeah. like they really they're like this they're, they're like feel bad for her god damn it yeah. and this, is, this is why I think Tarantino can pull it off because no matter all of the cartoony window dressing he puts on it, at the at the very core of it, he has some truly amazing performances, and he knows yeah. when to hang on an actor just fucking breaking down. Yeah. I, I, this moment is right here, and there's plenty of moments uh, in Volume Two that are the same. I love I love this how it's not how much he trusts the audience. He doesn't explain it. He just goes. He just close up of her palms. Just like four years, <laughs> and you're like, I guess she can do that. <laughs> okay, she, <laughs> you don't have to explain how. Just apparently she can. She just and did. we as the audience know she's right. <laughs> so okay, she's that good. Yeah, you know, you don't get to beat Black Mamba for nothing. Yeah. I mean, come on. But but like you're saying, I, I think one of the reasons that that this movie these movies work. The, the you know the kill bills uh kills bill however you wherever the plural goes <laughs> surgeon's general uh, <laughs> exactly um is because no matter what else happens at the core there are characters that interest you and you yeah. care about um even though it's like what this is it, it turns into a cartoon here and there but you're in, including like you said and pointed out literally it literally a turns into a cartoon but the whole time you're keeping track of the characters and you're like these are interesting characters and i care about how these things turn out right they at the core of it these are characters who are going through real emotions that i can relate to on some fundamental level and the actors are bringing a, a sense of genuineness yeah. uh, a verisimilitude to yeah. use the acting term yeah we have to one of this this movie these movies could have not worked whatsoever with an actress who doesn't have the chops that that Uma does, right? And, yeah, and, and you know she she also is someone I'm like amazingly impressed by. I mean, she really, really, she is this movie. You know, she she this movie hangs on her. And uh, if she didn't if she didn't bring it, then uh, it just it wouldn't have worked at all. But she she actually is up to the job. Oh God, oh, just <laughs> dirty, <laughs> dirty bottle of. He 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 specifically asked for the most disgusting jar of Vaseline you've ever seen, <laughs> and that's what the art department gave him. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, well done. Well done. You earned your lunch that day. Good job. 
And of course, this is a case where it's like, all right, we already feel bad for her. We've already set out to <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah. and then these guys it's, come it's, in. Yeah. And now we realize it's what else has been going on for yeah. four years. And it's yeah, because like, yeah. that's not the. This is not the first time. Yeah, no, right. it's, it's obviously <laughs> a this thing. is four years yeah. of this happening, and that's a lot of blood. And to, then yeah. to bite someone. She's through. a vampire. Well, ah! Now she's a werewolf. Well, the ca- the blood capillaries in your face are are smaller, so it means you bleed more. But, ah, yeah, okay. but you. I don't know why he's dead now, but you cosmetically bleed more, but you're actually bleeding less. He's probably yeah. passed out from the blood loss. I was gonna say, I, I think you know, we didn't see Just all of shock. what we didn't see all of what she did. That's true. <laughs> that, that was and just that, the beginning. That, that's for the best. Yeah, let's let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. I think we just leave it to your imagination what yeah. she might have done to that guy. Oh God! Oh, this part. This oh. And my, my, the I, commentary will be paused yeah. for yeah. thirty seconds. Well, once, look away. Once again, the 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 A big. The very much kind of 70s, didn't have to do it this way, but clearly did it on purpose. This slow-mo step printing thing he does for yeah. the crane down, just to, just right here, just to <laughs> slow it down a bit more. Just to make it yeah. even feels worse. So, it feels clearly artificial and clearly like, but it's like, yeah. you know he did that on purpose. He could have shot right. it high right. speed for a proper slow-mo. He, but. he knew, well, because when, when you see that what happened in the hands of a lesser filmmaker, you go, oh, they... Okay. In the hands of a lesser filmmaker, you go, oh, they they realize yeah, in see, the edit I, bay. I'm not buying this argument whatsoever. <laughs> this uh, is this is the this is the the reason the sets don't match is because Kubrick is a genius ah. argument. <laughs> it's like the reason he did it is because he did it, and it's I like I don't so. think he has. It's the kind of thing you do that because you didn't plan. You do that because uh, you go, you know, that, most that, people. That, I w- most people, I would agree with you, but Tarantino. Uh, no, you're 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 you're. Drinking the Kool Aid. Okay, I think. you All do right, it because maybe. you can do it, and the reason that what what Tarantino can do is he goes, he's okay with the idea of doing something that's that cheesy and old school because that's what he's making here. Okay, well, it's I like guess- it's like oh, why you know what we can totally do? We can just totally step print this, the cheesiest, most awful trope in the world of filmmaking. We can totally do it because we're making that kind of movie. So that's, let's go ahead. That's fair. That's that's I mean, really, what I meant to say. I was like, if he wanted it smoother, he could have done it smoother. He could have you know run through the the more uh, uh, yeah. Contemporary post processes and stuff like that, but I think, but yeah. he intentionally allowed it to be artifact. Exactly, like but that. I, that's I, more what I was. Saying. I think it might well. You know, I, I, I'm. I think it's much more likely that you know Sally goes. Eh, I like it, but it's too fast. Uh-huh. And, you know, and they just oh, let's just step print it like they used to uh-huh. do because that's what you, that's the reason you did it to begin with. Right. Is uh, this moment is too fast? We're not getting the the you know we're not hanging on it long enough. Yeah. So I would just like to point out on the Wikipedia page for the plot of this movie. When she does the thing to Buck right there. In the Wikipedia page, someone actually wrote out the medical condition of death that would be caused by doing that. <laughs> That's by nice. slamming his head in a door? Yeah, what is it? Intracranial hemorrhage. Intracranial well, hemorrhage, yeah. At she, least, yeah. She kills Buck through intracranial hemorrhage. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> we, that, can, we can only hope that's what he died of. Yeah, the the slamming of the door was another another audience moment where every time yeah. they're like, oh, 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 wow. And I think that this is going to be the moment where I think the story actually comes together. <laughs> yeah, we're, at least it starts to connect some dots. You're like, yeah. Okay, so I think I know where I am now. Okay, so so that's it, where the pussy wagon yeah. came from. In the first scene, yeah. in the first fight scene, you're like, okay, things are starting to make sense. So now we've, so now we, it's like we, we kind of understand the timeline of everything we've seen now. Yeah. It's like, okay, now it, all the dots are connected. It's like I kind of get it. Here's another scene. Again, this is this is why the movie ended up being two movies is because, you know, this is a completely story wise unnecessary thing. This entire, you know, this lengthy sequence of her wiggle you know, your big yeah, toe exactly. Um, 
it does pay off later in the you know buried alive sequence a little bit. But uh, you know, again, it's the kind of thing you would cut for time and go, yeah, this movie's four hours long. We you know we don't need that whole lengthy scene of her in the car. We just she gets in the car and drives away. It's a movie, but you know they had the luxury of doing it, and it's it's fun. It's a and again, it's just like. If if Uma wasn't making it work, boy, this would be the worst scene in movie history. <laughs> but by God, she's bringing it. And we're we're about to get into also a lengthy sequence. I believe right here is uh, the Oren backstory. Yeah, right? yeah. Do we get to her backstory that fast? I believe so. I believe right here we're about to uh, head into anime territory, mm. which is you know which again, by itself is a very extended sequence. Very, we spent a long we we spent a very long time talking about Oren's background. We know more about Oren Ishii by the end of it than we do about the yeah. bride. <laughs> True, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but that's important because again, it's about characters. It's like. You know, she she could just be some you know some some boss level villain that she has to kill Game of Death style, which, right. and she's wearing the fucking Game of Death outfit after right. all. Um, but it's like you you know Tarantino wants you to understand where Oren is coming from as well. He wants you to see her as a character and as a person, um, so that when you when you you know you you just see her being very cold and professional and you know doing all this stuff but it's like no she fought her way to get where she is mm-hmm. she's had it rough she's you know? still a human being just yeah. as much as anybody else is yeah so um so that's interesting most again most regular movies that that aren't really wacky and all over the place don't develop the villain <laughs> as much as this it's, one does. That's where, the especially the the lower. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. villain number one. If you if you discount Vivica Fox. Yeah. Well, it's it's it's. I like one of the things I like about the movie is the deeper you get into it, the more you realize that well, the bride really isn't any better or worse than any of the other people right. she's killing. Which Michael Madsen he says pretty much that yeah. exact thing in volume two. He goes, it's, well, you know, we. We did some serious shit, so you deserve to get your revenge if you can get it. But you're yeah. kind of but a bitch I, too, yeah, so I'm not gonna worry yeah, about it's it. It's not like you were the you're the hero in this story. Yeah. yeah, you deserve it if you can get it, but I'm not gonna. And then, of course, you. when you get yeah. to you know when you finally get to Bill, you know what else do they do? But like, Bill's kind of a cool guy. I kind of like Bill. <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty. Uh, Bill's. Uh, I kind of see where right. Bill's coming from. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It occurs to me that the whole big toe thing. Where she's just like sitting there and she kind of collects herself and is just sitting there in the truck trying to wiggle her big toe. Might not be a great strategy because someone's about to find Buck <laughs> on the ground, yeah. bleeding out, dead, with his keys missing. And someone will go, his keys are missing. And someone else will go, the guy with the pussy wagon? <laughs> yeah. The distinctive truck in the parking lot? Shit. Wait, no, I just saw that. That's still in the parking lot. It always struck me as over. yeah, because like, over then they because it will say later like eight hours later or whatever that she oh, she finally, she was in there all that time. I but believe again. I believe this is a TV trope without even looking, but it's it's just a movie. You should really just relax. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly going to be the answer. Yes, if you well, if you bought everything to this point, yeah. But it is. I, I admit that it, it struck me as well too. Like wow, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's lucky no one found her there in those eight hours that she was wiggling her big toe. And then there was this where it becomes a cartoon, and I was like, well, okay, if you must. <laughs> I'm 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 curious as to how much input Tarantino gave to this moment because it's such it is so very anime. I feel like yeah. he probably just gave it over to an anime director. He's like, "Do this is the story, do your thing." Yeah. And put it in, which, you know, to an extent is is you know, it's it's not to Tarantino's credit stylistically, but it's to his credit to be like this is what I want, and the best way to do it is to get out of your way. <laughs> yeah, well, so. I mean, that, that's the quality of an effective manager or leader is to be able to delegate responsibility and, and a job and then 
to be able to step back and let the person do their job. Yeah. And and directing is as much about management and and human resources yeah. as as it is about art or craft. Yeah, exactly. So however this turned out, <laughs> whatever his involvement was, he made the right choice because this uh the the style of this is really tremendous. It does go on for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Especially I, for I'm, those of us who don't like this stuff. So. Ex- yeah. I mean, that's that's the point. I, I, I don't know if we need... It, it's nice that we do spend this amount of time establishing who Oren is and that, like we were saying, that she's a person versus a cardboard cutout. But we spend a lot of time here. And I don't know <laughs> if we need to spend this much time. Yeah, I think that's... I, I mean, it's... I again, love this uh, moment, though, this this little whimper, and she physically puts it back mm-hmm. in. <laughs> She actually says, whimper. Yeah, <laughs> she actually says it. If she hadn't, why, why the hell did you say whimper? What were you thinking? <laughs> Saying whimper like that. I, I took it back. Yeah. yeah. I de-whimpered. I annulled it. I annulled my <laughs> whimper. I canceled that whimper. I hit escape on that whimper. But yeah, this does obviously go on for a while. But again, that's the style. Like anime will yeah. tend to yeah. take its time. It's a, with we things, only have so. <laughs> we only have five sheets to draw on. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> we're gonna draw one picture and we're gonna hold on it for a really long time. And that, well, that's uh, to be fair. That's Tarantino style too. I mean, he if you yep. watch these scenes, these and Tarantino scenes in general, the scenes they they play out, and he just lets very simple simple actions. For example, you know, being in the in the truck trying to uh, just physically rest herself from the wheelchair and get into the into the van and there's pl- many many other examples you know it's just that's a very simple you could you could cut that way more efficiently and and tighten up that action but he ha- he and Sally Mankey had this way of of setting up the situation establishing the the, the tense the, the the tenseness and the stakes of it and just letting letting them get every possible drop of suspense out of that yeah because i mean and and Possibly it's something that only someone like Tarantino could get away with, but you know, for for him in in this movie certainly, it's not about let's just get in and get out and and do this as quickly as possible. Right. It's about I want I want the audience to feel the agony that she's in here, right. you know, and so he he draws that out and milks it as much as he can. Of course, it is a trope. Single tear. <laughs> <laughs> a single tear rolls down my cheek. Yeah. We had uh, we tears of blood. We had that before with uh, with the bride as she yeah. was pulling herself into the thing. It was a, it was a tear of agony as opposed to, <laughs> um, you know, whatever. Well, this is still agony, but physical agony as opposed to emotional agony. And we'll ha- we'll have it later when uh, at, at the end of volume two. Yeah. Now the discussion here, of course, is is this Bill? What? No. This? No. That guy right there. No, I no. don't think that so. Was, that was that was. Never, I never got that, that impression. That, yeah, that never occurred to me. Yeah, they made a big thing about his ring and his sword. Oh, so, I guess it could be, but then that seems unlikely. It seems unlikely that that Oren would work for Bill. Right. She, right. She's, yeah. she's well, big on revenge. The the thing that the the material I was reading was basically saying that this was some kind of master plan that Bill has set up, mm. literally from when Oren was a little girl, and put all these events in motion to create uh, an assassin that he would then. That he would then plant at the uh, the head of the uh, yakuza. You know what? And that that's like, you know what? I, I don't I don't buy that. <laughs> Even with, for this, it's a little yeah. Much. yeah. I don't buy that with Emperor Palpatine, and he can actually see the future. So I don't, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to buy that with Bill. 
<laughs> yeah, or I don't buy it. That's, that's the Obama theory as well, which I also don't buy. Oh yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna fake this uh, birth certificate because in someday fi- he'll in be fifty years this mulatto will be president. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in 1960, that was a genius plan to have. I love I love the the concept here that is used in other animes too. But the idea of he's gritting he's he was gritting his teeth yes, so hard that really, they just popped out painful, of painful. Yeah. I do like that. Again, that one of the things about anime that's when it's done well, which is uh I assume happens because I wouldn't know because I don't watch it, but the you know the the the, the idea of imagery and just kind of, you know coming up with a frame that that you just hold on and go that's really a great frame. Um the image of the shape of her body, you know, be, being created by the blood spot or her shadow in blood is uh, you know pretty badass. Yeah, that kind of thing happens in anime quite a lot. And that's yeah. that's one of the really intriguing bits about it. You're like, wow, that is a great image that they came up with there. Story, not so much sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was a really great image. I don't know what the hell it was about, but nice pictures. So is the uh, Here we go. She shoots a guy so hard his leg explodes. <laughs> Here it comes. Yeah. That's a tough little kid, yeah. Oh, just, just comes clean off, just like, oh. oh, and then his head went boom and blam. And, and then another uh, interesting kind of bullet. I guess that that's almost a, a thing is following the bullet into people's brains in this <laughs> movie. That's something that we've seen uh, it a couple times doing more now. I love the added helicopter shake on this cartoon, no. on this It's almost shot. like, you wait, is, no, I thought it was almost real there for a second, but no, it's still this. That's a very inconspicuous outfit for an assassin. I'm going to stand on the tallest building in town wearing a red leather jumpsuit and a jacket. Holding a huge sniper rifle about as big as me. Yeah. I love the way they draw this diplomat guy. He's all like wall-eyed. Jackie Gleason, U.S. diplomat. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the guy from next door and... uh, Home improvement? How did she know he'd be sitting in the center? That's, uh, That's how good she is. She's oh, that my good. God. Oh, through the brain and back out. I love that shot then, from inside the, his head. There's the little joke here of the, ooh. <laughs> ah, you can see I, what he was thinking. I love, I love that it takes him a second. They're like, hey, what's in there? Oh, wait a second. The fact that they smile right before they go, hee, hee. Huh. Uh-huh. Ah. Ah. He fell down. He fell down, go boom. And it's like, oh, okay. Then she, then she came and beat the shit out of the bride. But we still don't know why. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're still <laughs> not real clear on the whole Bill thing yet. There we go. And we're done. Oh, cool. God. We're oh, back. Right. Although it's, it's... All right, everybody. That's been down in front. Yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, oh, it's, oh. Always, it's always jarring when, when it happens. I mean, uh, uh, Deathly Hallows Part 1 did it, too. They had a little animated sequence, which was great. But it's always weird. You, go, you transition into the animated sequence, and then you come back to live action, and you're like, eh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh good. right, you know, people. Because so much of filmmaking is about you know showing you something and then getting you to forget it and right. then reminding you about it later. So it's, <laughs> so, filmmaking is, or watching a film, you... It really doesn't take that much time for you to forget the the context of of what's going on, or the you know, it's such a in the moment kind of a thing that it's it doesn't take you very long to forget about what came right. before. By the way, that she was in the car for yeah, 13, thirteen hours, hours. Thirteen hours, and just you know, no one no one happened to check after two guys were found dead and 
a woman in a coma was completely missing. Or yeah, or that a guy didn't check out for his shift or didn't get replaced <laughs> by somebody else, yeah. you know, for the morning shift. No one goes into that room for 13 hours and finds two dead bodies in there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, bu- is Buck the only guy who uh, who checks on her? Yeah, she's fine. <laughs> in 13 hours, I would yeah. hope there's a maybe shift he, change. Maybe he was hated that much where the yeah. other nurse was like, well, yeah. give it another day before I report it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah, it's not like anything else is going on. And now for my favorite part of the movie. Apparently, the joke <laughs> here, and maybe, Trey, you might have a little more knowledge about this, is that sushi in Okinawa is terrible. So <laughs> <laughs> I would that, that, that would be uh, too inside a joke for me to, to know. What? Um, that's, that's what I read. Apparently, yeah, in the, in the, the IMDb trivia, sushi in uh, o- Okinawa is considered like the worst place in Japan to get sushi. So the best place to hide is a sushi restaurant <laughs> in Okinawa because <laughs> yeah, no one's going to no be one ever go there. Yeah. It's, it's plausible. It's certainly. I guess it would be like going to a, a seafood joint in Kansas. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But at the same time, though, I Okinawa know, I sushi still has to be better than the best shit that yeah, we have here, True, right? true yeah. enough, oh, but, sure. but you we're talking from the Japanese perspective. It's like, by the way, there's a great Mexican restaurant in Minnesota you have to check out. <laughs> well, the, there is. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> you know the one. It's there. There's oh, one. Oh, there's one. There's one. You know the one I mean. It's right next to the Burnsville Mall, right? No, no, right. 35W. It, it's like saying, uh, oh, there's a great pizza shop in Los Angeles. No, yeah. there's not. No, there's <laughs> not. Oh, so, yeah. He's wow. from New Jersey. <laughs> the uh, The... Having the the subtitles on here, the you know the closed captions or whatever, mm-hmm. we get more information than <laughs> the movie gives us because I'm pretty sure we don't. They don't explain. They don't to subtitle us. everything he's yeah. saying. No, they no, don't subtitle yes. that argument they have. Right. <laughs> I like him. His performance is just great. He's very the uh, I, a word I I learned and I'm like I love that word avuncular. Like yes. an uncle, uh, like a, a jolly uncle. That's his his performance. Yeah. Yeah. Very, fall, very false staff. Kind yeah. of thing. I haven't really said, but this this would be the Sonny Chiba, uh, yeah. correct? Uh, yep. This guy, and uh, we, we were watching. He's, he's a big uh, he's a big Japanese star. No. <laughs> big star in Japan. Big star. Oh, very big, very big star. Yeah. I love that line. <laughs> serious business. <laughs> I use that. Ooh. I use that. No, no, serious Ooh. business. <laughs> he's very like uh, yes. It's and it's a great setup for a great turn later. You know, we see him as this, uh, as a very avuncular character, yeah. and then when we see, it's a very, it's very much like a Yoda thing. We yeah, see, we yeah. See yeah, it is the Yoda. He's very, yeah, absolutely. Wow, and actually, and no, and it, is, it is, it is dead it's, on. It's very yeah. much. Here's this. Here's your sword. It's Yoda and Obi Wan all in one. And it's like Yoda. Yo, you. Bill wish you have this when you're old enough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's not right. Uh, something like this. I don't know. She uh, and she she does a really g- good job of playing the uh, American, <laughs> you know, Valley yeah. Girl tourist yeah. until she doesn't and then anymore. It, and then it turns. It's like it's, that's how this whole world, it's uh, this yeah. you know faux assassin world is. Is <laughs> everyone's everyone's very cordial, but it's like, oh, now we're gonna kill each other. Oh, we're playing this <laughs> oh, game now. Crap! Here Dang. we go. You just mind your own business for forty years, and then some bitch walks in, and you have to kill each other. Yeah. God damn it. I came here to make sushi. Yeah. <laughs> read the paper. Okay. I'm reading my paper, and now i got to kill a bitch. Jeez. I love how excited he gets that she knows to order yeah. warm sake. <laughs> <laughs> no, he would, she would know to order cold sake. <laughs> because you got to understand that the reason that they warm it up is to remove the impur- in impurities. So it's better to order, order God cold sake because that means that there is less impurities in it, so you don't need to warm it up. So the higher quality stuff is cold. Yeah, oh. but the, so this is a place, but this this joint is where you want it warm. <laughs> and it's, it's also probably, 
I, I would guess it's probably a, a thing I don't know, but culturally, they get so used to drinking it warm that they're like, the cold stuff tastes weird, even if it is better. Like beer here versus England. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, cold beer? Ah. Yeah. Warm beer? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he throws a knife at the guy to get him <laughs> to do his job. <laughs> probably not as well as you know he could have thrown that knife. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a great moment earlier where he's got the, the magnetic strips up on the wall that uh-huh. hold the knives, and he just tosses it over yeah. there and just yeah. catches. Blank. I want to do that. But, there's, uh, but the sound is really, really great on that moment, too, because you hear it, yink, like, <laughs> it's, it's really pronounced when he does it. Uh, going back to talking about the, you know, this, the cartoony aspects of, of this movie, the sound design is absolutely at the top of the list of that, especially as we get later on in, in, the, in the fight scenes. I mean, in some of the fight scenes we've seen, <gasps> as it is. <laughs> Yeah. She said the name. She said the, she name, said the name. And the guy in the back drops something. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about that moment. <laughs> he just come out with a shotgun. Bye, Malnam. Now, now, they were saying in the, in the behind the scenes that Hattori Hanzo was literally the name of the character he played on his popular long-running television series. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's that in itself. Shadow, a, Shadow Warriors? Shadow Warriors. In America, yeah. it was called Shadow Warriors. And, uh, yeah. Kage no Gun. Kage no Gun. Yeah. Oh, you show off! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, that it, was the Japanese name. And I only know away. that I only know that because he said it in the behind the scenes. And I happen to remember. That's but you still remember the phonetics, man. Yeah. God. <laughs> So the, the, emphasis. The, the the gist was that uh, that that show he they did multiple seasons, but uh, it was over different time periods. So he was you know Hattori Hanzo, but he wasn't the same guy. It was yeah. like a generation later. So that the so this is a hundred generations later, <laughs> yeah, basically, he's still yeah. playing Hattori Hanzo, <laughs> the the hundredth. Who's it's like na- Black Adder, only serious and cool. Yeah, well, maybe not so serious, but but cool. And I'm sure I didn't get the phonetics right, and Gregory Harbin is going to be yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a scene where I would be killing to be able to hear the audio right now, it's right here, because the music and the, and the dialogue is so delivered perfectly. What's the, what's the music in this scene? It's the no. This is the pan flute. This is the pan no. flute one. Oh, no, this is a the, pan the, flute, but not the the sword ceremony is yeah. the the one that becomes the real theme. I yeah, think. I, I miss Veda Tone. Veda Tone would be <laughs> very handy for this yeah. movie. <laughs> yes. Hattori means weapon in a feminine context in the, oh in the Hindi language. Oh, okay, what? That's <laughs> what? I'm, just going what? Through, I'm just going through the IMDb trivia that I came across. Yeah, this, this is another bit that that just goes on for a little while. Yeah, but yeah. but because of it, like you were saying, because of the music, it works because it just all comes together and turns into this this very you know kind of emotional thing where she's like, oh my god, jackpot. <laughs> While it's slow, Darkman, what's your history with kung fu stuff? And like watching this stuff growing up and all of that, because I didn't have that at all. I just that. I mean, how just, did that happen? Did, are your parents into it? And they just they no, didn't... no, they're not into it. I think I watched it a lot with my cousins. I actually don't remember exactly how that went down, but I just, I just know I watched them a lot when I was growing up. Um, more, more of the Golden Harvest stuff than the Shaw Brothers stuff. Um, uh, growing up, and then uh, around the time that this came out, and after it came out, I became more familiar with uh, what the Shaw Brothers had done. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just something that, that I always loved. I was always into, I was always into martial arts and stuff like that. I was a big, uh, 
big on Power Rangers as a kid as well. But I remember, I think I've talked about this on the uh, on on the podcast. Like when Power Rangers were going to come out, I was like super excited, and then it came out, and I was kind of disappointed because it was karate and not kung fu. But I didn't, I did, I couldn't articulate that that's what it was. Right. right. I just knew you that just knew it was awesome, I, and that wasn't awesome. Yeah, I just knew there was an awesome martial art, and that wasn't it. Yeah. But I'm like, but it's martial arts, so there just must be something wrong with me. I must have expected. Uh, what did I want? Boxing? I don't know. What, but um, and then only only later was it like I wanted Power Rangers to be kung fu. That's what my problem was. That must have been a good day for you when you finally realized. Yeah, that. <laughs> I was. I was like, I understand what my problem is. But uh, that was Zoe Bell, apparently. Yeah, uh, cutting sure. the the baseball. So that's that's a real that was a real stunt. Apparently, that was a real stunt. She On actually did that. Wow. What? That's what that's what the trivia says. Maybe they're lying. Uh, you know, maybe that's just marketing or whatever. But that supposedly she actually cut the baseball in half on the set. I'm gonna I, now after I've seen MythBusters where they had a guy like catch an arrow. Don't or something get like me that. started on that episode. Okay. <laughs> get him started. Get him started. <laughs> but seriously, we got two movies to fill yeah, here. Yeah, All yeah. right, I can talk about that one. Go ahead. Okay, but I, I'm just saying that. If you're trying to make a movie where you have it cut like that and you're not doing a big deal to show the baseball getting cut in two. They probably didn't realize she could do it. <laughs> they uh, didn't yeah. set up to do it and they were like, oh shit, she did it. It, it. I think that Quentin Tarantino goes out of his way once he discovers that to actually show it happening. That could be true. But, um, but the, yeah, the Mythbusters thing, okay. They do this episode. Okay. okay. They do this episode about ninjas, and they they're like, "Could a ninja catch an arrow? Like, is it physically human po- hum- humanly possible to catch an arrow?" And they designed up this rig to like try and catch an arrow and stuff, and it couldn't or whatever. So they they called it busted. And then they revisited it, and they got a guy who was a martial artist, um, and and kind of did that kind of thing to to come in and test some of the ninja myths because they're like, well, it's. You know, it wasn't fair to try it with robots, so let's see if a guy can do it who's been practicing this for a while. So they shot a bunch of arrows at him, and he caught one. And they still called it busted. They what? Because because they were like they were like, well, if it were you know, if if it were dark and nighttime, he wouldn't know where the arrows were coming from, and it took like ten tries before he caught one. And I'm like, okay, first what? of all, he wasn't a ninja. Second of all, really in the dark, the ninja's not going to know where the other person is. That's what the, <laughs> that's what the claim is here. So they completely like changed the circumstances of the claim to call it busted, and it totally pissed me off. That's and, not uh, science. And it, yeah, and I actually I don't think that's what happened. I actually ran into. Uh, <laughs> I'll check it though. I have all I have all the episodes. Well, there you go. I I actually ran into Adam at at Comic Con, and I was like, okay, I have to talk to you about this. <laughs> oh God. God, you were that guy. Yeah, I was yeah. that guy. No! I was that guy. It's, it's okay because that never happens yeah. to him otherwise. Exactly. No, no, no. It it it's only because I had heard him. He he was at a panel. It was right after a panel where he was mm-hmm. like, you know, people people disagree with us all the time. That's what it's about, and blah blah blah. So afterwards, I'm like, all right, he's cool with that. <laughs> yeah. I have to talk to him about this. And the coolest thing about him, though, um, the, the coolest thing about that moment was how slowly he backed out of the no, room. It was very no, polite. No, no, no. The other thing, he, he didn't do that. He immediately was like, no, here's the thing, and like engaged me in the conversation. He didn't try to brush it off or whatever. He's like, no, here's what's going on. Yeah. I still don't buy his explanation. Because yeah. you were you're the eighth person who said that. Yeah. It reminds yeah. me of that moment in the movie Free Enterprise where they see Bill Shatner at the bookstore, <laughs> right. and he's like, I'm going to go talk to him. Stop, stop. Every day for his entire life, someone has come up and made a stupid asinine Star Trek comment to Bill Shatner. He's like, yeah. 
and now it's my turn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I've been looking then, for Mein Kampf. <laughs> but then I saw him at the amazing meeting and talked to him, and I didn't bring it up, and he didn't remember that was me. So it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I, I remember now. I do remember thinking because they they did a revisit on that one, and and the first time it was like they had this gripping robot, and they said you can't catch yeah, an arrow, yeah, yeah. and I said that's bullshit because the whole point of catching an arrow is knowing that it's being fired at you, right? So you can be ready to catch it. It's not like you have to like catch it the microsecond it's passing through your fingers. Yeah, it was like that was totally bullshit. But then they were, you know, people called him on that, and they legitimately said, "Okay, well, I guess maybe that does factor in, considering that arrows don't move at light speed. And if you saw one coming at you, you might be able right. to smack it. And sure enough, a guy could do it. A, I, yeah, a guy could do it, but then they still called it busted. And I was like, that guy wasn't a ninja, and he still did it. Right. <laughs> and, and so it took him a few tries. They they do, in their things all the time. Exactly. Sorry. Go Sorry, ahead. Chris. Happens, There's a movie going on here with okay, some beautiful DP work that yeah. I want to talk about for right the next now. four hours. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> so we're pacing ourselves. Go. Yeah. No. The DP work in this scene is some of my favorite. Some of the lighting going on here. It's so like if you want to talk about Tarantino and the way that he does his like he usually goes as much for like natural lighting as possible. Like he if when he's trying to do a scene he tries to make it look plain. Whereas this is like beautifully golden and just the perfect like evening lighting and the attitude is totally changed and everyone is somber and completely serious for the first time in this movie and who's the dp i don't know <laughs> oh so that was, that was just one of those film school things you just did just there look at the dping i i know i'm someone talk- deed the p out of this one <laughs> Look how hard they're lighting things. Uh, looking, or soft. Looking. I don't they're, know. They're, they're lighting this so hardly. Cinematography by Robert Richardson. Robert Richardson. Robert Richardson. God, I want to suck that guy. Shutter <laughs> Island. Whoa. Uh, Shutter Island. That makes sense, actually, yeah. compared to this scene. Oh, and Eat, Pray, Love. Oh, well, there you go. Brian, you got to speak directly into the microphone. <laughs> he did Eat, Pray, Love, everyone. Hey. Thank you. And Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Yeah. So. yeah and, and Hugo is coming up. And World War Z. Oh, interesting. Ooh. Okay. And the Aviator. World War Z. We're all ready to hate. We're all ready to hate that one. We're all. The <laughs> internet says we need to hate that one. Oh, really? I'm not oh. happy. I hadn't gotten my instructions yet. Yeah, no. The internet says we we must hate it. <laughs> it's just you, any you'll, other. You'll get the it's tomorrow. any other zombie movie. They yeah. they yeah. took away everything that made the book unique and just turned it into another zombie movie about the zombie outbreak. And now we get to the part of the movie. Oh, that... and it's the guy who directed Quantum of Solace. So. Yeah. Right. Oh no! No! <laughs> A zombie movie with fast cutting. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be exciting. So there she is, that chick from that show. <laughs> Free trauma. Lucy Liu's left <laughs> right. eyeball is like seven degrees twisted from her right eyeball. It is her not parents were murdered, man. Back off. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, the reason for that is because she's half Chinese, half Xing. <laughs> <laughs> My head just came off. <laughs> it's so is that her Chinese half? Yeah. If Lucy Liu ever hears that, she's fucking killing you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> went right to the eyes. Right to the fucking eyes. He went right to the eyes. It's, uh, but, I mean, if you, if you look at most people, you'll actually find that their eyes are not symmetrical. Yeah, no, yeah. Nobody, for, Shannon Doherty. <laughs> Holy fuck. She is a dolly painting. Her eye <laughs> is sliding off her head. Do you mean Pull Picasso? Pull up a picture of Shannon Doherty no. where it's not. Salvador Dali. The melting cloth. Yeah, melting she's like, she's a soft straight face. on. One eye is in her hair. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's one of the things when we, when we would make mechanical heads is, you know, the machinist would, like, make these, you know, the two eyeballs, and they would be, like, you know, down to the millimeter exactly right. The really, really good uh, 
creature head people, you know, human head reproduction people, recognize that people aren't symmetrical. People aren't actually that perfect, and they will actually build the armatures to be a little, you know, literally cockeyed because. Wow! Yeah. There it goes. yeah, one is one is. Yeah, she looks like she looks a little like final stage Brundlefly. I'll give you that. <laughs> She's about to burst open. She's about to break out. That is a lot of blood and gore that yeah, came out yeah. of that guy's scrot. Yeah, I gotta well, say. Uh, well, he was excited, he Johnny Mo. So here's Gordon Liu. There's right Gordon Liu, Volume One. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and the and the the little girl, the little school girl. I mean, wow, that's just you know. Fetish, and, fetish time, just and the wrapped into one. Little, yeah. little girls, Japanese schoolgirls, samurai killer. And for about three yeah. years, we were inundated at conventions of people oh putting my. together black suits and Kato masks yeah. and thinking that they were the shit. That's right. Oh, that I that was the most annoying cosplay trend. Should have gone through counting them, been like, nope, you're 89, yeah, you got to nope. take it off. Sorry. I was going to yeah, say, no. were there 88 of them? No, yeah, it's like, usually no, like five. Like to say. We, we've got a quota. It was usually five with uh, no Oren leading them or anything like that. Just annoying. I'd let Oren lead me. Ooh. This guy gives a really great performance here as well. It always Osanaka. helps when he's speaking in a foreign language. Yeah. Don't you ever notice how you give you give a ton of leeway when they're speaking a foreign language because you can't really tell whether they're acting badly or not? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Because you're like, that's emotion right there, yeah. and it seems to match what you're saying. I call it the Benini rule. Yeah. I was, I was, <laughs> I, honestly, I was going to say, he's kind of laying it on a little thick here. But, but that's, that's the movie. That's Tarantino. I, I mean, you movie. see, but but I like, you know, even not understanding what, what he's saying, I, I love just right at the beginning, you see this rage building and building and building, and then he smashes the plate, and then he's cool again. For a little while, I mean, he's he like I cut my hand, so I gotta you know clean it out while I talk and blah blah. blah. It's like he maybe well, the maybe Japanese, that's that's the way the Japanese exactly. are, right? Trey? I mean, that's, yeah. that's oh the yeah, national. totally. Yeah, that's right. just, <laughs> maybe the maybe band comes out. I love that he's he's all <laughs> he's all scandalized. <laughs> great throw with the napkin there, by the way. Oh, we're totally using that take. He totally nailed him with the napkin. Fantastic. Yeah, so maybe if I spoke Japanese, I'd be like, "Wow, this guy is really hamming it up." But <laughs> yeah. he, uh, from from my perspective, he I seems say, to be giving a really great performance. I will say the experience I had watching Japanese television and not speaking Japanese. Um, the the thing that you're missing when you go to a foreign country and you watch television is context. Um, and and because I would like flip channels and there'd be the damnedest thing on. One of the things was definitely the Sony Chiba show because that was on every afternoon. That was like Gunsmoke. It was syndicated. It was like, you know, there's those same damn samurais wrecking yet another tea house every damn night. That that show was and... on. Yeah. And... And then and there we Quentin go. Quentin Tarantino's yeah. Thanksgiving. Exactly. <laughs> and the... Uh, yeah. It's just disturbing. Um, but what, what's funny is you're watching a show and, you're, and your jaw's on the floor because you're going, what in the hell am I watching? But what you can't tell is, is everybody in Japan going, oh, yeah, that show totally sucks. I don't know what the fuck that was. Or has this been on for eight years and is like the biggest hit in Japan? You don't know. You have no idea. So, there's, again, you just have no context whatsoever. So it's like what, what, what? clearly like the, the guys – you know the the gun smoke guys wrecking the tea house because that show's on every fucking day and has been on forever. But right, the, you don't know if you're watching The Wire or if you're watching uh, <laughs> yeah, how I, v. Yeah. V. 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 Oh yeah. yeah. Real quick, this is another trope. This is called gratuitous English. Uh huh. Which is usually it's actually it's not quite subverted. It's just acknowledged here. But it's like in uh, in a movie where someone's speaking a foreign language the whole time, and at one point it just becomes English. Mm-hmm. Which I, I wouldn't put. 
I wouldn't put Hunt for Red October in that category because it's so I, Inglorious. I was just about to say Hunt for Red October. Inglorious well, Bastards is one where where yeah. he literally says, "I feel like speaking English now. You good with that? Yeah, all right." And yeah. then they just speak English for the rest of the. I, 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 yeah, Inglorious Bastards is a good example. I wouldn't put Hunt for Red October in that in that category because it's very clearly a specific device. They're they're going okay. They're actually speaking Russian, yeah. but we're not going to yeah, subtitle this entire movie. So here's movie. a zoom in, and here's a zoom out, and we're good. It's very it's a specific device that they're doing. That isn't that. Yeah, it's always because it's a hard thing to do. Yeah, and and you know no one no one's really cracked <laughs> the proper way of doing it. As I've said before, it always cracks me up that even when they're supposedly speaking their native language, they speak it with. They speak English, but with that accent. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm actually speaking German, so I would speak English with a German accent. It's like, well, but you would just speak. Theoretically, you wouldn't you just, have an accent. Yeah, you just speak English. Because you'd be, it's your native tongue. So you wouldn't <laughs> have an accent. It's a, it's a difficult thing to get your head around, but there it is. That, that, that's probably, we could call that a trope. It's like, that's yeah. just an understood thing yeah, that happens. Just, you know, just I, so you know what language they're actually speaking, they've, got, she, a little, she, they've got a little stain on it. She had the samurai sword with her on the plane. She's not the only one, by the way. There's like a place for it on Okinawa Airlines, it seems like. You don't want to check that because, you know, God knows with baggage handling these days. What do you mean it's in Scranton? I need to kill a guy today. God damn it. I need to speak to your manager. No, I can't just get... I, know, I realize it's Okinawa. I can get... This. Yes, I know you have a Hattori Hanzo sword, too. <laughs> I like this yes. model. This nice little the, model. The, yeah, I know. The it's, Godzilla. It's a Godzilla insane little thing. Godzilla yeah. model all of a sudden. Oh, yeah, and they've got their... Uh, the scabbards. Their own thing on the... On the motorcycles. On their motorcycles. She does, too. But you know, everyone's got revenging to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okinawa's just a party town, oh, yeah. man. It's just a, they, no, it's Tokyo happens. now. Is it yeah. really like... That's right. That's true. And in any way, shape, or form, in real life, a secret order of assassins mm-hmm. goes around and does anything remotely like this. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't. No, not this dramatically. No. I don't think there's uh, red apples. Red, apple. yeah. red apples, nice and reference. that was uh, uh, Julia Dreyfus. Yeah. So Sophia Fatale. Oh, as the uh, and red apples are from something. Oh, from red apples and. Pulp Fiction, are, is it, are they in Reservoir Dogs as well? I, I don't know. They're know. In Pulp Fiction. Ta- Tarantino, Tarantino usually goes out of his way to avoid a specific, like real, real uh, uh, product placement. So what he does is he places the same fictional products all the <laughs> no. time. So Red Apple cigarettes will appear in his movies. It's nice. his equivalent of Kevin Smith with <laughs> nails and Chuli's gum. Yeah, <laughs> where people will walk into the convenience store and order a pack of cigarettes. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and get sold a pack of cigarettes, which then became nails. Yeah. So I want this motorcycle. So here's the here's the tracksuit finally. Yeah. The iconic tracksuit. Bruce Lee tracksuit, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah the tracksuit from Game of Death, but but most people probably know it now from uh, yeah, from this. Kill Bill. Bill Evan. Well, because I She looks like Pac Man. Yeah. If yeah. Pac Man the movie ever got made, he'd dress like that. That's I, how I, <laughs> I like Bruce Lee, I admire him, but uh, I think Uma does better work with the tracksuit. <laughs> I think I just think she's there's, there's, they did nail a, an iconic look there. Like, yeah, oh, okay, that works. That totally works. No, I mean we were we were talking beforehand about uh, you know Uma Thurman, as Teague said, she 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 either looks gorgeous or kind of like a worm, <laughs> like depending on the context. And uh, I think in the tracksuit and in the whole House of Blue Leaves scene, she definitely looks yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, it's like what what actress were you talking about, Trey? When you're saying it's like. Uh, Gina Davis. Gina Davis. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have to shoot her from the right angle. You have to shoot her correctly. Oh. Just throughout the second half of the long kiss good night. I don't know about that, but. Yeah, exactly. For, and, you know, for example, uh, and, 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 well, Cutthroat Island has always been my example because that was she and Rennie Harlan made there. it. 
There's Adam Baldwin. After I swear to God, the guy in the back with the sword over his shoulders is yeah. Adam fucking it's Baldwin. It's not Adam Baldwin, but it's, it's, isn't it that other actor who has looks been like Adam plenty, Baldwin. plenty of things? You mean Eddie yeah. Doty? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Eddie Doty guy, yeah, exactly. So right now, again, without Vader Tone, we're not hearing it, but Battle Without Honor of Humanity, the yeah. song that became the song. And I was, I was saying, you know, as much as it was used for every slow-mo Reservoir Dogs walking shot in, in you know... Yeah. To every, this day. Uh, yeah, to this day, almost 10 years later. Um, I'm still not tired of the song. <laughs> I still think it's a great I'm really song. Not. It's it, there's a lot of mileage in it. It has crossed over to the point where you can just immediately do it, and people know what you're doing. People know what the yeah. gag is. Yeah. I only have one song. It even like showed that. up in Transformers. In my life, I only have one song like that that I will just never get sick of it. I'll never lose the energy. Never lose the oh fuck yeah, this song is Sabotage by Beastie Boys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 okay. I have no mental picture of that song whatsoever. We'll play it for you later. Are we in the steady cam shot yet? Not this yet. Is, okay. Uh, I, I did like. I, I actually even liked its use in Transformers because Bumblebee comes rolling up to that tune, and he's are got you the sure same. We're not in the steady like cam. He's got the same shot. color scheme yeah, yeah. as the Bruce Lee track. Suit. We're totally in the steady cam. Yeah, shot. we're in a steady cam shot. It's not the big one. It's not the big there's, one. A, there's a few. There's two or three big long ones because okay. we yeah. also have a, a overhead that we follow the uh, Charlie Brown. Oh, that's the big one. I think it's yeah. that's gonna come. There we go. There's a cut. Now, see, she's fun. She's a you know mafia gang. You know, she takes heads, but she's also she can enjoy herself. Yeah, they, she's, they she's getting fun. down with her with her. They're employees. telling jokes, hanging yeah. out, telling stories about you know chicks he's laid. Yeah. See, that's so great. <laughs> <laughs> She 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 literally moves like one of those action figures with like the kung fu chop. Like it's just the arm. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's just the pivot point at the elbow. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the only thing that's moving. And now is, is uh, Gogo someone that we know, or is she just we a we already had casting? A, we have uh, um, this gal was from uh, Battle Royale. If you had seen Battle oh. Royale at the time, she was one of the uh, the leads in that film. Nice. Um, I need to check that out. I almost picked it up the other day. If I if out. I worked in this in this industry, the assassin industry, I wouldn't it be I'd part look of up occasionally. Wouldn't yeah. it be part of your training to look up? Yeah. Like yeah. I I feel like that's probably in the private investigator yeah. you know training manual. Well, this is a part of you her being young. That's where you're going would have to helped be. on yeah. fi- would have helped on board Firefly more than once. Yeah. yeah. When you can't see River, look at the check. Check the ceiling. Check how many times <laughs> I got to tell you. Check the goddamn ceiling. I think this is just trying to show that Kogo is still young and inexperienced. I am yeah. going to. U- <laughs> I'm going to use that one day. I'm going to use that in a in a movie. I'm going to have that moment, yeah. and then later on, the the person's going to go back. She's just like, I couldn't find him anywhere. Did you look up? Oh shit! Fuck. And then things are going to go horribly wrong. But <laughs> there'll be that moment. Or or you, you have them. You you set it up as if they're you know preparing you for oh they're hiding in the ceiling, and then you have them look up, and they're not there, and then they're behind a plant. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> You have them look up, they're not there, and then you come back down and they're just standing there and punch a guy in the face. <laughs> By the way, this is a real... Ba- actually, actually, I think I, here it is. Here's I, the big stake. Okay, yeah. we're in that now. I actually uh, I actually own a, a CD by the five, six, seven, eights. Um, <laughs> they, they, are are they, they big in Japan? They are, yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> and, High five. <laughs> they are big in Japan. And now this is the vomit theme. Is, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, <laughs> is, it is, yeah. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they're doing fine. Tarantino says in the behind the scenes that they showed up with their own outfits. Yeah, it's they, their own, that's, that's all their them. own stuff. They weren't like, you know, oh, that's crazy, that wacky band that he created, that auteur of him. You know, no, he just, you guys, come here, play your song. I'm not even sure how they shot that, yeah. to be honest. It's pretty mind-boggling, yeah. <laughs> it, must have been, it must have been one of those 
cranes suspended from the ceiling. That's all I can figure. You yeah, know, they they built the House of Blue Leaves <laughs> in a soundstage. Or a, a jib, down. a jib based yeah, off yeah. of the ceiling. And yeah. then she takes off her jacket and she's wearing the same thing underneath. It's like <laughs> it's like when Doc in Back to the Future Two. I got some work done. I didn't think you'd recognize me. Pulls it off and he looks exactly the same. Uh-huh. We're still not done. Nope, still going. Well, we kind of, we had a little bit of a fade. To well, show that, her inside it, the thing, that could but. have been a hidden cut, or they could have. You know, no, no, that was that. That was that was uh, the light changing. Is all that was. Yeah, they, it was. It was a light change through oh, the really? scrim. It on could, the, uh, they they on could have hidden a cut there, and they may yeah. have. But uh, it's it's still contiguous. Yeah, this isn't like Snake Eyes where they just blatantly cheat. <laughs> <laughs> what did they cheat in Snake Eyes? Uh, they have three cuts inside the 17 minute uh, steady cam shot. Oh well, you have to just for the, <laughs> the length of the yeah. film mag. The film, yeah. You want you want blatant cheating? You should check out Hitchcock's rope. Yeah, oh it's yeah. Li- it's literally like, and we're pushing in on this guy's butt. Yeah, and now we're yeah. pulling back out. And well, we're, we're going to dolly minutes. past this this vase here that's going to fill the frame. It was it was, every film mag had yeah, eight see, minutes. In it's it. just a uh, it's a light. It's gag. a theater gag. Yeah, a light gag. So, and yes. there's the cut. She changed it and then finally cut. So she changed into the same outfit. Or she's hiding the sword. Is that what she's doing? No, she has a lighter jacket underneath her, her leather jacket. Okay. It looks exactly the same. but Well, she's an action figure, so she's changing in from her motorcycle play yeah. sets. Exactly. Yeah. To, to her, to her, her ass kicking. Grip. Yeah. yeah. She's got the kung fu grip. And the, the fact that this guy literally is Charlie Brown. He's, yeah. got, he's got the Charlie Brown zigzag on his kimono. Uh, yeah, I've, once once he, he says does that, look like, like Charlie Brown. I see it. Yeah. I totally see it. It's kind of like the noise. I'm not a Charlie Brown. When the guys with the swords get drunk, that's 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 bad. Yeah, yeah. If they want pizza, just get get yeah, the pizza. Just, just, please, get, the just pizza. get the pizza. Whatever they want, just just. That's that's a that's a tro- it shows up in uh, in Crouching Tiger as well. Um, you know the the. Badass character comes into like a restaurant or something, orders something that restaurant doesn't have, just to be like, I want you to go order it from the other restaurant and bring it to me, <laughs> just to just as a power play, you know. There was uh, what, was, what were we doing? We we're at the New Bev with our, our buddy uh, Nick Mathis, who was hungry, and there was the closest thing to eat. This is one of my favorite stories. I don't want to use this at some point. Uh, the closest place to eat of any kind was a little Domino's Pizza across the street. But they, it wasn't a sit-in place. It was just a delivery place. So he, he goes up to them. He's like, hey, can I get a, a pizza? I'm like, no, sorry, we only do delivery here. He's like, but I'm, I'm right here. Can I just order a pizza and take it? And they said, no, sorry, <laughs> we, we can't. We, you know, we, we have to deliver it. His, his question was, oh, so how far away do I have to walk before you come give it to me? <laughs> can I just go over there and you come out and give it to me? <laughs> he should have called from his cell phone outside yeah. looking in. Hi, I'd like a pizza for delivery. Yeah, what's the address? And then given their yeah, give address. their address out front. Just, I'll be out front. <laughs> I like that. Each each character in uh, that that she goes after, like each chapter, almost has its own style Very and much. set of yeah. rules. Oh, yeah. You Very know, because because anytime you see Oren, you've got the blood spraying everywhere, but that didn't happen with Vernita, right? And it doesn't happen with any of the other characters. Right. You know, that's just Vernita is very very much a black exploitation yeah. kind of style to it. This is a very obviously the yeah. Shaw brothers, the, the the most Shaw brothers. Yeah, and then and then all of the the uh, and then when Bud she stuff, goes for Bud is very western. It's a western, yeah. So, um, I I I like that a lot. Now, something that's happened here um, that that just happened when she saw uh, the bride. 
uh, as we know her in this one. Yeah, yeah the bleeps when they say oh, her name. Yeah, which That's, is another. It's another quality of just like nobody else in the world would get yeah, away with a doing very weirdly like affected thing where Tarantino. Normally, like like you were saying about the anime and stuff, it's like normally the idea is that you forget you're watching a movie. Tarantino never lets you forget. Right, and that's but the, for some reason it's okay. <laughs> in in the hands of any other filmmaker, you somebody it's because we t- we talk about you know you don't want you, you don't want to look at an actor and go wow look how hard they're acting that's bad acting right. and that's the same with writing if you if you're sitting there thinking about how awesome the writing is or how awesome the director is being behind the camera that's bad directing because the point of a movie or of a story is to tell you about these events that these imaginary people are going through but make you forget that it's imaginary and make you feel for a limited period of time that this is real things happening to real people. That's good. Right. That's good storytelling. Tarantino doesn't do that, Tarantino, but he gets away with for it For Tarantino, it's more like, like you said, it's, it's like mixing stuff together for the flavor of it. It's more like going to a restaurant and like you, you eat something and it's like, oh, there's the mango in there. Like, yeah. like you want to, he wants yeah. you to roll it around in your mouth yeah. and appreciate the different flavors <laughs> I wouldn't working have thought together. cayenne pepper would work with mango, yeah, but exactly. it kind of does. It's weird. <laughs> he, wants, he wants you to, to focus on that and be like, huh, that's interesting the way he put those together. Go ahead. I wasn't ready, Chris. Thank you for calling attention to it. I went back to check something else. This scene is full of something that uh, I'll allow you to define. Blood? Kung Foley. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Kung Foley. And now I was going to nice. go and look up uh, all how they do the different effects. I know how they do one of them. Do you know how they do the stereotypical <laughs> punch sound? The, Hitting a cabbage? Celery or the... Uh, there's that. That's part of it uh, for like a dead hit. And for like the bone cracking, the like Indiana Jones, a nuke went off in my fist kind of punch is uh, a mix of sounds including uh, walnuts being smashed. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you get this sort of nice, nice. Mythbusters did an episode of that too. It was called Sounds Bogus, <laughs> where, they, <laughs> where they actually said, "What is it like to actually get punched in the face?" Right, versus, and they, what they does it sound like? like a real punch is basically silent. You just yeah. hear sort of yeah. Uh, and the Hollywood punch sounds like a bomb went off. Although at one point, I don't remember who some some of the people that were here were there. I just don't remember who it was. We were at uh, we were seeing a movie and getting food beforehand. And outside, we're all like looking at the counter waiting to order our food. But behind us, outside, we just hear this really loud hit like we're, we're oh chipotle we're like, right yeah yeah we're like 40 feet effect. away and this incredibly loud sound happens and we look out and there's these two guys like beating the crap out of each other and i took away from that wow that was really loud <laughs> so now i don't know what to feel well we yeah. having a good episode for the Mythbusters on down in front we because uh, we were inside we were inside the right. chipotle and we were we heard the fights over the noise and din of a restaurant right. uh outside so like okay <laughs> The din and the dinner. The din of the dinner. <laughs> oh, my. Now, um, here's Gogo. And Gogo, yeah, the fetish of... I, yeah. I get the... I totally get it. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like, yeah. okay. Yeah. There's some yeah. There's some very yeah. interesting uh, sound work, like you were saying. I mean, the uh, her her uh, chain chain whip, her... Um, her mace. A bit, yeah, her mace here uh, makes Godzilla sounds <laughs> when it comes at her. Yeah, those are Godzilla roars when, it, when, she, you, when they're flying through the air. <laughs> Um, and when she when she gets hit and knocked uh, a little later when she hits herself on the back of the head I think uh, it's the sound of bowling pins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When she, when there's she a, the there's ground. a lot of stuff like that going on. Now is this any kind of real anything or is I mean is there uh, is there, there a style where they have yes. a, yeah, yeah, a ball chain and whip. chain? Yeah, chain whip. Okay, <laughs> you, you can see um, you can see Jackie Chan also use it in Shanghai Noon. Yeah, it doesn't it do, doesn't normally have the big mace at the end. It's usually more of like a, a spear tip type of thing. Yeah, but, but you do have to wear the schoolgirl outfit, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Tell me, you have oh, to. That, Jackie that, Chan insisted. But the way on. like the way she she <laughs> uh, kind of whips it around her neck and shoulders here. 
yeah. to, to get momentum up. I mean, that's an amazing little, like, la la yeah. la la, look what I can do, la la la. And then just, it'll just explode out of the pattern at you. Yeah. There was the uh, bowling pins, I think. And rightly so. <laughs> just <laughs> like, <"Wish." laughs> Oh. But it's yeah, got a it's special little saw blade on it, too. One of the, the neck well, thing. Like, does anybody really do that? Oh, yeah. 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 It's part of it. That that's that's part of it. You get up a really good head of steam on the on I the end of the whip so. that way, um, but you got to be careful because you'll fuck yourself up yeah. if you don't do if it right. You, like like many of these martial arts, you can also just like lose your own fingers. Yeah, and that's that's the thing why I never got into you know gymnastics or or anything along those lines. Like you, at some point, you have to do that for the first time. Right? No, ah! no, I'm not. Oh, and then there's the right. You don't want to do it with a chain. You want to do it with a with a, uh, a you know length of rope. I, do, I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, this is like this reddish. You know, not realistic at all. Yeah, blood. it's just straight in up this, paint in this section. Yeah, it's very tempera paint. Well, I don't think if I got hit in my brain, I'm suddenly going to start crying blood out of my tear ducts. You yeah. are in a movie like yeah, this. Yeah, that's the that's the that that's the realism issue with you know. Uh, that's I the don't think the Kill Bill is that realistic of a movie, it's and crazy. I take issue with that. Yeah. Uh, in the original script, Gogo actually had a sister named Yuki, and there was a whole uh, segment called Yuki's Revenge where Yuki the character was actually her. split between the two. The yeah, the kick-ass was one, and then the uh, the more quiet, shy one was the other. Yeah, was yeah. that the idea? And then and then there was another version. They they eliminated that, and Yuki became the one who fought the bride here. And then for some reason, it became Gogo. I guess he just liked the name better. Mm. Yeah, this is where I, right about here is where I was like. I was on board already, uh-huh. but then when this this moment happened, then I was kind of like, "Oh, Tarantino, you just the, the Miramax, you know, the Miramax just gave you way too much fucking money." Didn't right. They? But but God bless him for doing it. You know, the, the, <laughs> this whole idea of like, "Wow, that was really awesome." It's like, "Oh no, we're we're not even close yeah. to to finishing the, this action sequence. We're not done. That was that wasn't even really the that beginning. Was, that was the that was the amuse bouche. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here comes the meal, and it's kind of like, oh, "Okay, well, I'm done with my salad." <laughs> well, good. I hope you left room because <laughs> now here, it's the main course. Here comes the main. And then course. you look at the waiter and go, "Oh my god, <laughs> the steak is huge!" It's like, oh, well, you're gonna get a big. Here comes the gravy pipe. <laughs> you know what I want? Meat faucet. Yeah. <laughs> now see this. You don't need a background in kung fu films to appreciate this scene, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> exactly. I don't give a shit about kung fu films, to be honest. But this scene is a fucking amazing. Yeah, just because it's you know so crazy over the top, you know. It's well, some you know it's scale, it's a good thing that that Tarantino gives a shit about kung fu films, so yes. he could make this uh, yeah. scene. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like, I'm glad this exists. <laughs> right, I'm really, really glad this exists. Over the uh, the Zen Garden, that's, yeah, that's a nice it's, touch. It's that's this is a nice and night, the one guy with axes, nice nightclub, nice nightclub. And by the way, uh, that one of the reasons that they're all wearing masks is to try and hide the fact that most of them are Chinese, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as opposed to Japanese like they ought to be. And a lot of them are going to be the same guy over and over. Oh, yeah. So. It's like Robert Rodriguez, where every single guy that got shot was one of two guys. <laughs> right. right. In Desperado. Which is, which is a trope. I'm sure that's a trope on... on the website of you know from the movies that that Tarantino is cribbing. I it's like those old westerns where it's like the same six guys oh, yeah. over and over and over again. I remember I remember seeing that. I can't remember the behind the scenes of what movie it was, where people were uh, like like there was a, a stunt guy and then there, there was a uh, up oh, there's the black and white, um, 
but uh, because it, there's so much blood in this, the FDA yeah. was like, no, <laughs> no, because um, this is shot in color. Um, yeah. In Japan, yeah. it was international released in versions. Color. It's, it's, it's in color. And supposedly, he's going to put out a version of uh, Kill Bill with parts one and two cut together into a continuous movie called Kill Bill: The Whole Bloody Affair, and mm-hmm. this is going to continue to be in color like the international version. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. To see. <gasps> Busted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, I forgot what we were saying. Uh, we were talking about. Uh, it reminded you of a multiple stuntman. Oh, the multiple oh, yeah. stuntman. Yeah, I, I can't even remember what movie it was, but like the lead was talking to the stuntman. And he's like, he's like, oh, it was, uh, it was The Expendables. I yes. was watching behind oh, yeah, the scenes yeah, of yeah. The Expendables, and and uh, I think it was Stallone. He was talking to a guy, so he's like, so so I killed you in Uruguay. Yeah. And then again, and he's like you're Uruguay, and then again in uh, over in Port- Portugal, and blah, blah, blah. it's like it was just a really funny conversation they were having. And then we just get ridiculous, yeah. boom, right down Big the wire. middle, yeah. oh. down the center. Um, I believe that these books are overdue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now see, Uma's bringing it here. I mean, yep. you know, yeah. It's it's interesting that you know again Eddie speaking for Eddie, his whole idea is, is there's a there's a there's a way that people. Just sort of carry themselves, and and the way they the way they will look at what what's happening if they know how to fight, because you know fighting is not just like I'm going to do a move here, 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 here. It's literally you're making up as you go along if it's a real fight, right? And your your you know your focus is going to be massively on the other person. You know you got to have that eye of the tiger of you know what are they going to do? Then that that's what it looks like. Whether or not it's a real fight, that's what a real fight looks like. Yeah, well, it's very much like act, you know acting at its base, where it's, it's it something is acting. That, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's you it's, could say your line beautifully, but you can tell that you're not even in the same room as the person you're opposite. Right, yeah. and it's you you have to give this this quality of spontaneity to something that has been completely thought out <laughs> and planned beforehand. Yeah. And it, fight choreography is just that concept uh, squared upon yeah. itself. Yeah. So Uma's, I mean, well, however she got there or whatever, I give you know, does massive credit. Not only has she got the you know the physical chops for it, but but you know you can you can see her thinking about it. Yeah, as she's doing it. She's she engaging really, with the other person, yeah. going, "Okay, next you might do this." Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you know, yeah, and I mean, there's really a great moment right there where she's yeah. where she's thinking about it. Great. That 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 is another thing that that Tarantino is doing very well here. Other than you know this whole time again, it's been very easy to follow the continuity, even as it gets really crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some long takes. You know, he's not doing a lot of cheating with cut, 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 cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also taking the time to pause and go, right. well, "This is what's happening with this character," which is important because otherwise. Uh, at a certain point, it'll become monotonous unless you come back and you're like, "This is why we care. Remember this, okay? Right. Now we're going to kick some ass again." Well, it's like you've talked about before. You know, the perp- or Eddie has talked about as well. The the purpose of a fight scene is still to advance the story in right. some way, and bad fight scenes they don't have that quality. And that was Zoe Bell. That was definitely <laughs> Zoe Bell. I was gonna say that was a Zoe Bell shot. Uh, and there were, you know, Tarantino is good enough to definitely remember that you need those moments of, okay, this story-wise, this is what's happening. This is what our character is going through, what she's working towards. Mm-hmm. Right now, she's working towards her goal by slicing right. a whole bunch of dudes in half, but she's still working towards something. And that that is the important part. Yeah. What she's working towards, however she's doing in that moment, what she's working towards. Exactly. Is, is so so part. every so often, he, you know, he, he, he lets the, the action flow for a while, but every so often he cuts to her and he cuts yep. to Oren walking out the door and stuff like that. And it's right. like, remember, that's the goal. That's the end point that we're trying to get at. Yeah. And, and all, the entire we're fight is leading towards, there. Is working yeah. towards that. This is a beautiful sequence as well. 
just just again how over the top he's like I don't give a fuck I'm just <laughs> yeah. gonna stylize the hell out of this for some and reason they just turn the lights back off yeah. and then, then, then that's what it is. but then I, it I, turns I, into I, this I, other clearly like a soundstage room just yeah. set up that way but it's like where, sure where Zoe Bell can just work you know all, yeah. do all the work exactly <laughs> like, go Zoe go I, I love the fact that they just they cut to the the proprietor the the, the wife of the place chunk no explanation yeah, no justification just whatsoever. Off the lights. I'm sure this will help yeah <laughs> That's what I'm. That's what they're trained to do in an emergency. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just be sure and switch. Make it as hard as possible for people to evacuate. Here we go. I love. I love this bit here with this little guy too. This bit actually got me to to react audibly in in a movie theater, like yeah. where it's like, "Oh shit, he's fucked!" And yeah. I realized I said that out loud. And I was <laughs> like, "Oh god, I'm, I'm one of those people." <laughs> oh no. Oh shit! Yeah. Get out the house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that bitch crazy. <laughs> That's what I felt like. And my my college roommate, at the, you know, I was who I was watching at the time. He like, looked at me like, "Shut up, you moron! Yeah. What you gonna do now? <laughs> Dropped your pistol when you busted the window, didn't you? That's your ass, I guess." And now he gets to make a revenge movie because he's yeah, the only yeah, one he's with the crazy eighty eight. He's gonna lived. team up with Renita Green's daughter, Renita Green's daughter, and Yo and Gogo's sister, and. Here yeah, we go. Here comes the. Here comes your wire work now. Yeah, like, Gordon Liu still yeah. got it. Other fact, the, the the moment earlier when she does some wire work from the main floor up onto the balcony, it's it's great because it's it's a wire work moment throughout a whole bunch of this. And in that moment, she does this wire work, but she doesn't get all the way up to the right. railing, and she's kind of hanging off. And as soon as she's hanging off, it's complete. There's no wire work aspect right. to it. She's just fucking hanging yeah. from a railing, and she's trying to to pull herself up as fast as she can. But doing it very slowly, as you would in real life, as the as the eighty eights are charging up the stairs at her. Nah, it's just this great blend uh, ability to go back and forth between the crazy cartoony <laughs> and the real. Yeah, I like. I also like uh, um, in, in that moment the the very Shaw Brothers type of thing where whenever they do wire work, they always do it like they're walking on things <laughs> in the air. They yeah. always move their shit it's around. Like a chameleon kind of. Yeah, a, exactly. Or a gecko thing. Well, of course, later the uh, you know the grandmaster is going to stand on the tip of her sword, which yeah. is when the, the movie is like, okay, have we made it clear that this is not really real life? <laughs> have, are, we're all clear on that that this is a movie. Just okay. so you know, it's not only is it a movie; it's one of these yeah. movies. Which is what what I was struck with, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which I was not part of the commentary here on. Uh, when I first saw that movie, it was like. Oh, okay, so everyone just accepts that this bullshit happens. Yeah. I guess yeah. you know that's just that's the world. So it's like, oh, the okay. magic bean. Yeah. yeah. I love her just sliding around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's hard to get traction. That just that taking the time. I mean, I can't think of another movie that's done that. Taking the time to go, all of these stormtroopers, all of the faceless mooks. Right. <laughs> half Calling. of you, are, half of you are still alive yeah. because yeah. that's that's in reality that's the way it would be. Yeah. No, no, I think I'm okay. <laughs> I think I can get <laughs> up. It'll be all right. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that movie you made. That yeah. movie. That movie I made. That one. And then, time. and then again, this. It's like, oh, and it's winter now. It's winter. <laughs> she <laughs> she fought straight through the summer. <laughs> yeah. And now it's winter. Suddenly we're suddenly we're outside of Mount Fuji. We need a Morgan Freeman narration. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the fight went on so long. Winter came. Oh, Rennie, she almost came off as magnanimous. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. What? Your instrument is quite impressive. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, this is a great little standoff that they have, their conversation. And, and again, because uh, um, of the way that she plays Oren, she's just like, she's just one of the gals. She's like, that's pretty cool. Where'd you get that? 
It's just a little bit of shop talk. Oh, yeah. hey, that's a nice, that's a nice uh, sword. Uh, you, you, is, is that the new model? Is that the 2011? Yeah. You got the turbochargers on that? Mm. What? I had the 21-inch, but I didn't really, didn't really like it. I, what do you think? Yeah, I didn't need all that space, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's it's funny that she she went and got the sword made because, as uh, is pointed out in the IMDb trivia as well, Oren's the only one who actually gets the end of it. <laughs> she doesn't kill anyone else <laughs> with the sword. Yeah. Get, get to get to kill anyone with it? That's a bummer. It's also uh, well, the only one on the list. Hmm? The only one on, on the, the list, list. yeah. Because yeah. she just killed she, the fuck yeah, out yeah, of yeah, she, she just yeah, slaughtered about half she of Tokyo. She did get her money's worth out of the sword, I think. From uh, right here, she she just said the line, uh, I hope you saved your energy because otherwise you won't last five minutes. From the from the moment she takes a step and the music starts, mm-hmm. I believe it's exactly five minutes. Or it's like four minutes, 59 seconds. Wow. <laughs> until until she kills until Oren. She, until, yeah. until Oren dies, yeah. Which which they do again in the uh, uh, Tarantino. Any it's like any time someone says a specific time increment, <laughs> he's going to aim for that. Like like in this in the second movie when uh, you know she gets shot with the truth serum, she says, "How long does it take to last?" He says, "About two minutes." It's exactly two minutes until he starts asking her questions. My my favorite one of that is Fifth Element, where the president tells uh, the priest that he has twenty seconds to explain something, uh-huh. and he does exactly yeah. twenty seconds. This is a great little standoff here as well. This might be my favorite Star Wars duel of all time. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Surely someone has colored in the sabers in this. uh, I do remember seeing somebody started. I can't imagine that they ever finished. This uh, would be a really hard one to do because of how dark the shot is. Frankly, this is is more like how Obi-Wan versus Anakin probably should have been. Yes, yeah. I, I do remember seeing, and I can't imagine they ever finished, somebody doing the Crazy 88 oh, duel man. with lightsabers. What? Oh, God. Okay. I, I saw at least a couple seconds of it a long time ago. You know, uh, what, when we brought that up, at, at one point, I was I uh, con- I briefly considered doing a, a fam- like a little series of, of shorts um, doing a Kill Bill Star Wars crossover. Huh. It would have been instead of instead of the Uma Thurman character, it would have been Luke Skywalker. Make, someone make sure Hutchins he, is it would have been Luke Skywalker trying to avenge the death of his father. Um, my, and it, I was going to call it Revenge of the Jedi. My friend's uh, my friend's daughter um, Isabel is uh, I think she's eleven now. Um, she's had samurai swords since she was six, I mm. believe, in her room. Um, <laughs> I was like, I walked into her room like. Your kid has samurai swords. <laughs> well, yeah, she studies. It's just, she's, and she's a she's a little blonde, little blonde girl um, who's who's very good at martial arts. And I've always had this idea. I want to do um, a playground thing called Kill Billy, where, <laughs> where she she slaughters. Um, she's mad at this other little boy who's done a terrible thing to her, and she slaughters all of his all of his you know his bully friends to get to him. Someday before she's old enough to just be Umar Thurman. Anyway, ow, 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 Flavin, Kill Billy. So. Watch for it someday. Doing a good job of I, 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 now we've now we've got the balance of there's different ways to do an action scene, different ways to do a martial arts action scene. Yeah, there is the crazy eighty eight slash and, and murder version, mm-hmm. and then there's this one where it's more about every move counts. Mm-hmm. More more about like uh, like uh, Nicolard says more uh, you know a game of chess. He doesn't actually choreograph that way <laughs> but the idea is sound um in terms of like every move has to count and if you screw up you're gonna get cut across your back like she just did and uh you know also good to raise the stakes because she just killed a whole fuck mess of people so you yeah. gotta you gotta look at it and yeah. go wow it's hard to make it like oh she's in trouble now right. but she is clearly what's the song playing here because i this is one of my favorite musical moments uh, and i can't remember if it started yet or not 
don't let me be misunderstood. Be misunderstood. Yeah. yeah. Don't mm-hmm. let me be. At some point, it starts around here. I I know the moment where it actually really ramps up, but I can't remember where it starts. I think doesn't it? Uh, I I think it is still going, or it stops at some point. I think when she it got stops cut and across, then starts back. back up. Oh, does I, it? I remember. Yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, and I love this with the little foregrounds. Yeah, with right. The water fountain. <laughs> right here, there's no music. It's just the sound. Of yeah, it's just the yeah. sound yeah. of yeah. the yeah. I think that I think the music stopped when she got cut across the back. Got it. I think that's when it stopped. <laughs> I look at a shot like that and I go, "Boy, I hope they didn't have to do too many takes because that's a big reset." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> clean the holes. Clean the snow. And Wardrobe setting off to the side. Yeah. Going okay. Fuck. fuck how many? Fuck. How many of those gowns do we have to have standing by? And now we've got an anime moment. You know, <laughs> it, whether or not he directed that other anime sequence, this feels exactly right. For, this is uh, so for much better when they did it in Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> <laughs> Or or Ninja Ninja Blue three hundred yeah. was good. <laughs> and Pony Rocket Maximum Five had this exact same scene. Well, I'm talking about a Nintendo game. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, anime series. I have no as idea. As far as you know, either <laughs> the fuck you were talking about. I'm just only making it up. I'm just want to try to make with somebody race to IMDb. Go Pony Rocket Maximum Five. I didn't know they made five of those. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was only three. You, you Philistine. Lie. <laughs> Pony Rocket Maximum. I, I, I there's still have, there's a project that I still want to do someday that uh, is about uh, various types of cartoon characters, and, and Pony Rocket Maximum is my anime character. Ah, I got uh, it. Uh, so I, you know, all all throughout this, like we talked about, there's always this aspect of this weird respect they have for each other. Right, it's the like, code of honor. There, yeah. yeah, and there's uh, there's there's always the. Um, so almost the 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 Princess Bride thing where they're yeah. like, God, you, are you're you ready? good. Are I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to have to kill you. Are you ready to great. continue? That's that's well, that's a lovely sentiment. I which, don't wish to die. Which, yeah. actually, which actually, uh, you know, pays off later when when uh, Daryl Hannah executes Michael Madsen for not really following the code properly. Right, right. You know, which is nice. So she just totally uh, Dawn of the Dead helicoptered uh, yeah. on her there. <laughs> this is this is fun where you're like, wow, that's dramatic. And then it pulls back. You're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, they showed it. Yeah, oh, there it is. Like, oh, uh. look at that. I don't even know how that works. <laughs> I don't know how it went through her scalp but not her brain. No, it did go through her brain. That's a cross section. Uh. No, no, but there's a dome. It should just be flat. Yeah. Uh. I think it's just an optical illusion. That's not quite the right phrase, but... The perspective of it, maybe. I think I think it's just because <laughs> Tarantino don't care. I think it's also out. the limitations I, I of a so visual too. effect. Yeah, it should have just so, gone yeah. plop right it out. Should have just her. spilled out like Jello, like <laughs> like when 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 Bubba Fett's holding up Django's helmet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blink. Ooh, Dad. No, it falls out as it's as it's flying away. You can see the shadows separate. Shut oh, up, God. God damn it. Because <laughs> it rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and she's Pete. like, "Whoa, that was a long well, day." Whew. Well, wait for the bus now. <laughs> <laughs> Best trip to Okinawa ever. <laughs> <laughs> I got to have sushi, and I met <laughs> a real sushi, sushi chef, and, this, and then I killed all my I enemies. Nice not, man gave me a sword, then I got revenge. And <laughs> and not great sushi, but, yeah, but it's been made up for. Sushi, oh, sushi oh. was a letdown, but the revenge was good. And I haven't taken any photos to put on Facebook. Oh, oh. I didn't take a single picture. <laughs> Poor Sophie Here's where the movie like gets even twisted. It's like, oh my god, this chick with the you know one arm missing is still. We're not done with her. Oh yeah. no, we got uh, a little bit more. The fact going that on. they don't, they never show it. At least, um, no, I don't think they do. She's missing more than one arm by the end of this. Is she? 
that's the idea. And if you watch, uh, oh yeah, she got tortured. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. But they don't show it. But the implication right. is that uh, uh, the bride tortured her. Yeah, this and is it, uh, the the very last shot of is of her just on Sophie Fatale's face being right, talk, talking right. to Bill, and it doesn't pull out, but it's. It's implied that, it's implied that she's down. lost more. That, yeah. that could be, but you see her pretty much intact other than the arm at this point. I, I do like this, you know, another weird, like, <laughs> halfway save the cat thing. It's <laughs> like, well, she threw her down a hill, but, <laughs> but she threw her at a hospital. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's all right. <laughs> and, and it looks like she called ahead, too. Yeah, yeah. she did. The two guys are Listen, ready. Listen, I'm going to pull in about 20 minutes. I'm going to bring by a, a white chick with no arm, right? I'm just going to drop yeah. her off. I'm so gonna dro- I, but I'm going to drop her off. Please, please like, try and leave your your uh, your discrimination against disabled people <laughs> yeah. at the door. Okay, look, she's Caucasian, she's French, but uh, she's missing a limb. She's missing a limb, but uh, also you, know, we, you should we, still help her. We have to point out that that was Sophie Vidal was part of Tarantino's famous trunk shot that he loves yeah. so much. Oh yeah, and we're still right doing there, it. There it fact, is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, basically the same shot as as uh, from Pulp Fiction when they're getting their uh, their guns out. Yeah. Or, and, and Reservoir and, Dogs when he he throws the cop in there. And I'm pretty sure we see it in Jackie Brown as oh, well, sure. although I can't remember off the top. Because he shoves because there's because uh, Samuel Jackson shoves the guy in a trunk um, <laughs> at one point. There's your there's your torture implication. It's in like half the Martin yeah. Scorsese movies ever made. Yeah, and then she and then the screaming and give me your other hand or other arm. There it is. Yeah, there it is. Ah. I think she. I think she was just threatening her. I don't think she actually yeah, did it because she. she because she had she's an saying arm when she went down the hill, she's saying she's like, she broke. She yeah. she couldn't take it and uh, she broke. Okay. So, uh, also, you know, we've, you know, Bill is like the Doctor Claw. We've never seen his <laughs> yeah, face. Yeah. We've yeah. only seen the hand with the ring. Well, that's that's a great distinction between the first one and the second one, where he he is like Doctor Claw. He's he's always off screen. We only see his hands. We only hear his voice. He's very omnipresent. He's very he's very godlike. Yeah. He's the ultimate villain. He's the ultimate destination of this film. So being this omnipresent, invisible force, it makes him seem invincible. Mm-hmm. So like, how in the hell is she possibly going to 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 kill God? Essentially, right. <laughs> exactly. yeah. that's true. And, and in fact, that's a line. Hotori Hanzo even uh, says that. Yeah, he says, if, you know, in if, your journey, if you if you encounter God, God will, will be, be cut, cut by, by the, the sword. sword. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I also love that he says that like three sentences after saying, I swore an oath to God never to make another sword. So he's basically like, I had to make one sharp enough to stop him. Because he's going to be pissed yeah. when he finds out. <laughs> 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 hey, she said, it was, oh, God damn it. Oh, shit. Oh, you me. told me you wouldn't. <laughs> you oh. promised. Oh, me damn God, it. God shows up on his doorstep just like the Vivica A. Fox fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And then, and then and then the school bus pops up and the Susie assistant walks yeah. up to the door. Oh, hide yeah. the swords. Just open the door. There's God standing there. There's a moment of silence. And then you punch God dead in the face. <laughs> oh, there is multiple yes. swords. Yeah. Everyone's got Everyone, their swords. Everyone's bringing their swords to <laughs> You could totally have it on, online on, on the on the airplane. Quite frankly, they think you're weird if you don't. They're yeah, like, what like, are you doing here then? We we, we can give you one. We, we yeah, do you need? It's like you if you go one? to the go to the fancy restaurant, you don't have a tie. Yeah. Or we, we'll issue you one. Yeah, because otherwise it's two colors. She's very, you know. It's like I I knew people in in high school that they took notes that way. They they you know they organized it so that they had different, different colors. colors for different things. Were they assassins? Yeah. <laughs> Michael Madsen, especially in, in the second one, as we'll see, his performance, he's like a Pixar character. He's, like, so animated the way he moves <laughs> his face around constantly and just, like, the faces he's making. Now, now they're coming up to the point of, like, Sue, uh, it's two movies now. 
where the fuck are we going to end the first one? You know, it's like, how, and how do we, what are we going to do there? I mean, that was like Michael Madsen's first, like, line in the movie. It's like, yeah. we'll just make sure people know he exists, and we'll put that in. And uh, clearly there's going to be a Daryl Hannah thing coming up. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, just, just the assembling, this, you know, this, this could have been how anything. To have, how to have a sequel hook without yeah. it really yeah. being a sequel. <gasps> that yeah, moment right, right there. That's, that's what, it. But that's Dang. what happened. Yeah, when everyone was, just, oh! When yeah. I was, when I was yeah. in the theater, he says that line and everyone gasped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, of, all, of all the things, it's like, you know, they, they picked the right thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, we're going to end on that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Yeah, because then you kind of go... Okay, now I'm curious. I'm yeah. curious. It's like this: the next movie isn't going to be just about yeah. her killing more well, people. Well, that certainly took a turn. <laughs> there's going to right be there's the going to be other things. Twist, plot twist. Yeah. I, I don't think you guys missed anything by me sitting this one out, but I enjoyed yeah. watching it and <laughs> listening to you guys. And how do you feel about Kill Bill, Chris? There you go. Uh, uh, it's still just as damn good as I remember it. And here, just I. It's really cool to just have that last little moment that we were just talking about and going, you know, like even still today, just to have that little, oh yeah, that's right. Oh, ah." yeah. yeah, I, that's so fucked up. I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm gay for, I'm gay for Tarantino. I'm coming out of the closet right right now. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Brian, Brian. Uh, I'm, I'm gay gay for for Brian. So as as a result, it's no, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I love it. And I, I, it's, I hadn't seen it in a long time. I hadn't seen either of the Kill Bills until, you know, recently I watched it this past week, and as a result I said, hey, we should do these. Um, but I just really fell in love with it all over again. I, I hadn't, it was quite a bit I didn't remember, but just, god damn, you're awesome. Zoe Bell has actually credited twice. She just twice, credited twice as the stunt double. <laughs> nice. Um, rightly so. Dirk Man. Oh, he wants a mic. I just counted. The crazy eighty-eight were thirty guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, over and over not again. Not necessarily. Well, as Bill says though. at the beginning of the next movie, he goes, uh, "No, there's not actually eighty-eight. It's <laughs> yeah, a thing. It's right? a thing. It's what they call themselves that." Yeah. yeah. All right. And he, and he goes, "Why? I don't know. They probably think it sounds cool." <laughs> Dorkman, your thoughts on Kill Bill? Uh, I love it. It's it's honestly not. It's not only my favorite Tarantino movie. It's one of my favorite movies because it's just so like. God damn it! <laughs> like it's so that. Yeah, it's so it's so is it's so what it is, and it's so good. And and it's funny because it feels so much like one of those those old um, you know uh, Hong Kong movies and stuff like that. I almost would have been. I, I mean, I'm I'm glad we got the end of the story, but it's like I almost would have been fine if he'd only <laughs> ever made this. That was it. If that was it, and it were if it was one of those things. He that that he did like you know a, a brilliant director made a, made a movie and then like and then died and never finished it so you never heard the end of it like like not that I wanted him to die just he never finishes the story right, right? right. he only ever does part oh, yeah. one and uh, can you imagine uh, like, the fanfic yeah like oh. like the well like the original that original uh, Batman series. Uh, the the black and white Batman series that that was a weekly serial just like the yeah, 70s yeah. one, but it ended on a cliffhanger and then they, it got canceled. So mm-hmm. Batman never got out of of the, you know the final trap. He was like going to fall into a vat of acid. It's like how's he going to get out of it? No one knows because they <laughs> never finished that story. So it would have been like that would have been great if that was Kill Bill. I would have. In a weird way, I would have loved that. I'm I'm okay that we got the second half, but just on its own, as its own thing, I just love this movie. You're a weird dude. <laughs> yeah. It Trace. does almost work though as an ending. Yeah. It does, you know, that whole idea of like no matter what. I mean, you know, it's, it's you could almost like, well, I know what the ending is because she just said it. It's like right. no matter what, I'm going to find Bill, and I don't even care if he knows and he can do anything he wants. I'm going to get to him, you know, and that it's like. So I guess that happened then. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that happened and her daughter's alive. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Well, I guess so. 
It is. Yeah. I, I, by God, I don't know what the fuck the, you know, it's, <laughs> I went, I went to this restaurant cause it was recommended and they put a big bowl of something in front of me and they wouldn't tell me what was in it, but it was really tasty and I liked it and I think I want to eat it again. <laughs> That's this movie. Awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what went into this thing. Mavers. And I don't know why, cause it's something tasted really weird about it, but maybe I don't want to know what was in it. Maybe I just want to just enjoy it. It was an okay weird. It yeah. Okay no, it was weird. good weird. Okay. You can do it. I I bet you a thousand dollars you would fuck it up. I, I'm sure I will. <laughs> go right now. I'll, I'll watch. Yeah. No, no, I I know I'd fuck it up. We can't do it. We do it. Do it, Fake. Do it, Fake. I'll do volume two. Brian's Brian's got it written down though. Brian's got it written down. I've got it written down. You can go that far with it. All right. This is down in front. You want to find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter.com slash downinfront. Facebook downinfront show. Gmail downinfront at gmail. Downinfront show at gmail.com. Oh, you lose a thousand thousand dollars, sir. Hand off to the next. I could. I bet that he couldn't. Join the forum at downinfront. Downinfront.net slash forum. We involve yourself in the conversation. It's a great big community of people. It's getting bigger every week. Wonderful conversations. You have to be there to find out when and where the live shows are happening, which are at downinfront.net slash live, but the forum will tell you when, where, and what movies, et cetera, et cetera. And, um,. We don't have we don't really have the Amazon thing anymore. So buy our shirts because they're funny, I guess. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Well, I know. <laughs> you realize I I wrote that script. I know. In I mean, writing agony. I'm trying to screw you up right now. <laughs> Matt Vanavita is the show. It's a chat for iTunes. Sold Neil designed and maintained the website. TVTropes.org for anything that ever happened in a movie twice. And until next time, my name is T. Christie. I'm Chris Hannell. And I'm Brian Finifter. Mike Scott. Sonny Chiba. And this has been Down at Fred. Thank you very much for listening. Good night, good night. Hot See, but, oh. you, actually, you actually did get it wrong because on my script here it says, and until next time, I'm Brian Finifter. So you, you, you messed it up. Oh. And this trope is called Hanging a Lantern. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Trendsinyourhead.com.